Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Conspiracy Farm, where we don't start the conspiracies, we just add the water. And now, your host of the most state-of-the-art, most informed podcast on the interweb, I present to you, Pat Militage and Jeffrey Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready for war? Locked and loaded, ladies and gentlemen, once again for another one for the archives, another episode of The Conspiracy Farm. Jeffrey Wilson coming to you live and direct from the gateway to the West St. Louis, Missouri, riding shotgun, as always, with my co-host, partner in crime, eater of worlds, governor of lightning and thunder, master of the cha-cha, Patrick J. Militich. What's up, brother? I'm doing good, man. I am doing good, and I am. My head is spinning from everything that's been going on. I, I tell you what, man. It just seems to get more and more bizarre every week. And we've we've been talking about this since we started doing this show over three years ago, saying, "Can it get any weirder?" And it does. It and literally it, does. And one of my recent posts, man, on my on the old Facebookings. You know, every day it just seems to confirm for me that we are like literally in the matrix of a false reality placed over this thing we call reality. And we're going to chop it up today, man, with one of my favorite guests, one of our top viewed guests, listen guests, however you want to say it. The guy's a big brain, man. And there's several things we want to talk about. He was recently over here in the States because he lives over there in Tokyo, Japan with his wife and beautiful children. Wow. He is the host of the ANC Report, the Anti-Neocon Report. Good friend of the show. Returning guest, Ryan Dawson. What's up, brother? Returning champion, yeah. Pat Militage, martial artist and cha-cha champion. He's got that in common with uh, Bruce Lee. You know, Bruce Lee did the cha-cha. It seems like every episode, the, real, list, the list of accolades <laughs> just continue to extend for this man. But, Listen, uh, my, my greatest accolade, Ryan, and I get attacked on Twitter constantly, no matter what it is, constantly I'm attacked by the, by the left, and it's, it's their go-to is that I suffer from CTE and I'm a, I'm a moron. So that's yeah. no matter what, no matter what, what I say, I'm, I suffer from CTE and I'm a moron. It's the default so mode of the lip charts. default. Every Before time. we do get started, ladies and gentlemen, we have to. It is absolutely imperative that we thank our parent sponsor, our lead sponsor, Chemical Free Body, chemicalfreebody.com. Man, I, I tell you what, champion, you're going to echo this stuff. And Ryan, I don't know if you've checked it out either, man, but you know, we all think like serotonin's the place where or the brain is where serotonin is all it's produced and stuff. But learning about the gut, man, gut health, there's more serotonin produced in the gut than in the brain and how essential gut health is to overall health. So I, I just go check it out, ladies and gentlemen, chemicalfreebody.com. If you throw in the promo code farmer, you get a little bit of discount off that. But the products farmer, themselves, farmer, farmer. absolutely. Go check it out. That's and right. uh, it's, it's just serotonin dope stuff. Serotonin cycles through the brain and the bloodstream. That's why you have... Uh, when they talk about uh, SSRIs, it's reuptake inhibitors. Yes. So that means uptake from where, right? Below. So it's absolutely true. Good stuff, and man. And if Pat Militant had, had CTE, then he'd be a genius, not a moron. Because if he's able to say and think the way he does, even with CTE, That's he's definitely like. not a moron. That would make him a genius. <laughs> well, yeah. I just I just say, imagine what I was like before I got hit in the head, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> I would like it. I would like to think it was just because you've been hanging out with me the last four or five years, champ. But you know, oh, it's helped. It's it has helped. <laughs> freak. 
Uh, Ryan, what's up, my man? What have you been up to, brother? You got a lot on your plate, man. You just came over here to the States. You do live over in Japan, over there in Japan. You came over here and have even teased a little bit about running for office and whatnot. How was your trip over here to the States, brethren? I was. I was because my uh, <clears throat> my congressman passed away, unfortunately, and he was one of the rare good ones, Walter Jones, anti-war all the way. And uh, But that... I, that didn't happen because uh, simultaneously, right after he died, I got um, removed from YouTube, Facebook, and all my. As soon as I Vimeo said, too, I man. Congress. Oh yeah, well that happened beforehand, but yeah, I lost, I lost all my Vimeo videos, all the videos I was selling. They stole five thousand dollars that of sales that I'd already made. That takes a long time to make five grand on social media, Shelly. Yeah. You guys to know. So all right. that was. Uh, I, that was my Christmas money and all everything I'd planned to do was taken away. And then that meant I had to find some other place to host and sell my films. So they ate up another couple months, really, of revenue. And so, yeah, but as far as running for office went, I had to get uh, about 3,000 signatures out of Dare County and, um, and Hyde's. And I had no way of reaching anybody. And it wasn't worth the gamble of going all the way down to North Carolina without a I could have done it easily with my YouTube. I've gotten those signatures in two days, but um, I would have been more than happy to campaign for you, bro. Seriously, oh, I plenty of people would have. And I know there's, there's issues inside and out about beach erosion, beach nourishment, and th things that are important to my area of the world. And I've actually been lobbying and had a relationship with Walter Jones, the man who passed away. Anyway, so I, I know all his legislative assistance, and not, you know, I was used to that. I'm used to D.C., and I could have represented North Carolina well. And can you imagine someone like me on the <laughs> congressional like... floor grilling Elliot Abrams? And <laughs> it would have been epic. But... Oh, I'd love it. That'd oh, my good. That's why when I saw you wrote that and posted that, I'm like, oh, my God. Like it's... People were like, dude, it's possible because I, we still have till July. I guess I could throw my hat in the ring, but now it's um, – you know, I need to get in early. The only disadvantage I have, it would be financing. But um, I thought I thought I you know. were you doing your own brand of hope porn, dude. And I was like, are you kidding me right now, dude? Because yeah. that, that you know, it's hard to get in because incumbents enjoy what is it, like 95, 98 percent return. Like almost always the incumbent wins. But since the incumbent sure. passed away, which is exactly how Ron Paul got elected, the, the congressman before him died while he was in office. So they had just a regular election. And so this is how you get good people in north carolina that's one of those uh man who was that jesse helms ran that joint for so long wasn't it jesse helms <laughs> oh, <laughs> jesse helms, helms was a helms senator was a, he was, helms he was, was a leader of the civil rights right <laughs> he wanted to cover up nude statues he was very very conservative but <laughs> wow wow uh, well, too to be fair though and he he was the one that introduced workfare which is similar to what Japan and a lot of other states have. It's a temporary welfare, but you you don't get to keep your leisure time. You have to do uh, kind of like state-provided BS jobs uh, just so that you have incentive to get back to work. Mm. So, like, you'll get paid, you'll get your welfare, but you don't get to sit at home and watch Netflix. You have to go do things. And, and keep pumping out freaking turn humans. In certain, turn in a certain number of job applications, things like that. No, you actually like well, the way Japan does it. Like you'll have to go at to a train station and pass out uh, like little like square toilet paper all day with ads on it, and you do it all day long. So they'll give you a job. It's not a necessary job. It's just one to eat up your time. 
to but it's do like it saying, hey, you got to do make something you really to make you really desire a real job. Yeah, right. Because otherwise, if you get paid the same amount as an entry level job, why should you work? You get all your leisure time and you still get the money. So they figured right. out, OK, well, make sure you get paid more than what you're actually worth, what you're doing. But you don't get to keep your leisure time. So, you know, and it, it's <laughs> it's like packing ice cream. It's doing stuff. You know, one guy digging a hole, another guy filling it in. It doesn't matter. They just give you busy work something so that because they figured out it gives you the incentive and a little bit of skill life skill too so that you'll get a real job well like you said it's not over yet there's still possibility of a ryan dawson run if for if people really want to see that the other thing is i have to um find a religion because that's technically there's nine states where it's illegal to be an atheist and run for office and so in north carolina is one of them apparently. north carolina is one of them yeah ouch well, yep. before we proceed, man, and we got a lot to talk about, I found it interesting today, and I know we could honestly probably do a full-on episode on this, but this is the anniversary of the death, and not the assassination, because it happened the day before, the death of President Abraham Lincoln after being assassinated in Ford's Theater by John Wilkes Booth so, so many years ago. What are your thoughts on that, man? I, I, more specifically, because like I said, we could go off on a huge tangent on that. The guy who killed <laughs> him... John Wilkes Booth, there's been so much... Who is apparently related to one of the uh, plotters that killed Caesar. Really? Mm -hmm. And had been in a play. I think he played Brutus. He was uh, at that theater, that same theater. He had played... Uh, he he was one of the characters. There's so many, a lot of really? guys stabbed Julius Caesar. But he in that play, he had killed Caesar. And then in that theater later, as an adult, yeah. uh, shot Lincoln, the tyrant in the back of the head. Brutus or Cassius, possibly, like you said, a lot of people got. Some I think wounded. it was Brutus, and he claimed to be, he was playing him because apparently they they were related, you know, over many generations. Interesting. So very the quickly, kind of, kind of That's bizarre. King Slayers, yeah, the Targaryens. Um, There's, you've heard, you ever seen that Lincoln Kennedy comparison? Of course, of course. It, that's a weird. That's a bizarre stuff, and so it, there's a lot of weirdo stuff like that. Has anybody yeah. ever has anybody ever fact checked that though? Because it's so, it's so amazing that I found it to be <laughs> unbelievable. Literally, unbelievable. I mean, yeah, I know off the top of my head, a good chunk of that list was true. Like they was driving, and the Secretary of States and stuff did have the names reversed and all that. So, yeah, it's pretty weird, and it was Ford's Theater too. And so it was like, but the thing is, like, you know, when you have um, people who are so famous and their profile is so broad and so many facts are known about them, yeah, I have a you know, much higher chance of, you know, something matching up. But as there's some weird things like uh, with uh, different prominent scientists passing away and then another one is on their day they died, another one was born and things like that. But you know, very, that's, see, that's very fascinating. Someone needs to do a Jefferson full on. died on that's the 4th of July, right? Uh, Not only did Jefferson die on the 4th of July, uh, the very first English speaking colony to the New World landed on the 4th of July in the 1580s for the, the Sir Walter Raleigh's colony. That Roanoke? And um, it was Roanoke. They called it the Roanoke Colony. They shouldn't because they landed in Hatteras. But uh, <laughs> when does something see, like facts matter? John Quinn got commissioned by the Roanoke Tourist Commission to write a book about the lost colony, the alleged lost colony. And, uh, you know, they call it the Roanoke colony. But what he did is the cover of his book, he has Roanoke in the center and he has the very northern tip of Hatteras. And the the map he's using is John White's map 
which clearly depicted Croatoan slash Hatteras, where they had been on two prior voyages before ever going to Roanoke. So it was his nod, his little like coy way of saying, yes, I've seen these map and primary sources, and yes, I know the colony wasn't lost and they went to Croatoan, but I'm being commissioned by Roanoke and this is what I'm writing. But by through the cover of his book, anybody that had looked at the primary sources knows that's John White's map and that everything's clearly labeled on it. So... Wow. Yeah. My brother's done a lot of work debunking the history's mysteries down there. And it makes <laughs> yeah. you wonder, because if you can lie about the birth of the United States, what can you not lie about? Well, I mean, come on. I mean, like, we, we we're hopefully are going to have on Graham Hancock in April, and we had on Randall Carlson not too long ago, but Randall or uh, Graham Hancock's new book is America Before, and just so much of that ancient history that has just been so skewed and just hidden. I and... listen. I, it is, and I, wanna, I want this podcast to do a live video shoot as soon as we find one of the giant skeletons and dig it up. <laughs> Go up there and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's... Is that a curveball you were doing? you know Andre the Giant's uh, house has... He sold it to a basketball player, but there are a series of houses in that neighborhood that are all giant size, like everything's upscaled for big people. It's pretty cool. It's in North Carolina. I remember hearing and about as a wrestler, he couldn't use the bathroom, so he would go, and when he would stay in hotels, he'd take dumps in the bathroom and... That he would, would just go in the shower yeah. just let it go. Can I tell you a, a quick Andre story? Absolutely. Got, Ryan is also Hulk a huge professional Hogan, wrestling fan, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I'm I'm big into the Giants and I'm big into pro wrestling. For so. sure. <laughs> and uh, I met Hulk Hogan in Clearwater. It was oh, random. Like that. his store was or his restaurant or whatever was being like uh, redone. So I was like, man, it sucks. I'll just go into the store and take some pictures. And there he was. It was just like a random Tuesday. And um we told some Andre stories and stuff. So there's an interesting we story told about some Andre, Andre stories. <laughs> we did. Me and Hogan, you know, buddy of mine. Terry. Me, me and Terry <laughs> yeah, hanging sure he's out. About it. You know, he used to live in Japan for a couple of years. He lived in Tokyo. No, he was super big. Yeah, that's that was part of how him and Vern Gagne fell out because he was making so much money in Japan. Uh, Vern wanted a chunk of his money. That's part of why he left for Vince. But they we... broke his leg over here. But that was back there, very protective of the territories. And at that time, like. Japanese have known jujitsu since they invented it, and it was very, it was kept very secret. Now, you know, it's everywhere. But the way a lot of pro wrestling, pro wrestling was still trying to act like it was real, you know, up Kay until Faye, baby. So, yep. And uh, but they did have some real hookers and shooters that knew jujitsu, that knew wrestling, and and could protect their range. Someone not want to drop the belt, and da 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 da. And uh, Anoki was one of those guys, but um. Yeah, Hogan's trainers did put him a toe hold and broke his shin. And, um, you know, if you go in blind, you don't know any. It's like they've never seen it before. Right. You're not getting, you're not penetrating Japan. Even if they are a bit smaller, they're going to annihilate you, you know. But, but anyway, uh, Andre was in Japan, and uh, you, were ta- you were talking about the bathroom story, so that was a little funny. But um, Hogan was like his neighbor in the hotel. And he just heard us, like Andre laughing. And these two Japanese girls go screaming, leaving his room, like screaming out of his room. He's like, what did he do? You know, he thought, you know, he's big everywhere, you know. But he Hogan comes in the room and Andre's just laughing. And he had like laid newspaper out all over the bed and just taken a big giant sized dump on top of the bed because he usually (laughs) would go in the shower. Some hotels, like even now, like even I, like the shower hits me in the chest. You know, I can't imagine being someone with aglomegalia and like he couldn't get in the bathroom. The yeah. door was too small. Yeah. So yeah, he just tiny there. Like, yes, even now, right? And so this right. was, you know, decades ago. And Andre just 
grabbed some newspapers, set them out on the bed, and just went. And he did, apparently did it in front of these. He did it whenever, and then these girls came in, maids or whatever, and saw that and just ran out screaming. And he was well, I mean, it's, he was, it's, he was it's probably the size of a Clydesdale turn. Baby's arm. He was like, transporting it to the toilet a sheet at a time or whatever, but he was laughing his giant ass off, and, <laughs> and Hogan had to see witness um, the turd <laughs> as well. And of course, of course, you know, it's disgusting, but it's also a bit of showmanship because this is a weird thing. You know? <laughs> He's like had to go get the other wrestlers and be like, come look at this. <laughs> it's disgusting. You definitely want to see it, brother. You know? From from the Budweiser Clydesdale song playing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> from, from, from asking about comments on the anniversary, about the anniversary of Abraham Lincoln's assassination, we end up with Andre the Giant's yeah. turds. But Take a giant I, shit on a bed in Japan. Was was John was John down? He didn't just like do it because he was drunk or something. He oh no no. He like thought it out and didn't th- couldn't think of a better plan. I guess. And he's just <laughs> on to the next town, on to the next hotel. It's like one of one of a he, trillion. He out a pencil. He had to take a pencil and dial the phone like that because he <laughs> hit two buttons at a time and stuff. And he couldn't do it. So can't even imagine. Can't even imagine. But to round it out to where we started, was John Wilkes Booth an agent working for the British? I know that's a complete, not natural segue, but... Original conspiracy was to kidnap Lincoln. And uh, and it was a conspiracy, and Books was part of that ring of guys from the Sons of Liberty. But um, no, not for the British. Definitely, definitely not. <laughs> How do you feel about Albert Pike's connection to the assassination because of uh, Pike's basically... Uh... Many many believe he was the one that was obviously connected to the globalists. The central bank secured a lot of the a lot of the funding for the south side of the war and all that. Yeah, a lot of the central banks didn't like uh, either side. They wanted the Americans to tear each other apart. And uh, although Lincoln made greenbacks, he was very much in league with the uh, financial powers of Boston and and Philly and New York. So he was on that side. The South threatened to overturn all of that. They wanted more independence. And they had, they printed their own money too, the Confederate dollar. So uh, they didn't like the Americans getting, you know, thinking about, wow, your own treasury is going to print your own money. They didn't like that at all. But uh, Lincoln, Lincoln was the uh, original fascist. I mean, he was a railroad lawyer. He did the marriage of big business and state. Uh, not to mention, you know, killing a million Americans and then Just going suspending west, suspending the writ of habeas corpus and. Yeah, throwing judges in jail and closing down papers and then enslaving the Chinese and yeah, he was a he was a real monster. But they have colored him like he's like Gandhi, Jesus, hero person, and <laughs> he was just a terrible, he's the worst president we've ever had. Can't, just like bar none, he's the worst. Yeah, I, w- I would love to actually do another episode around something basically on the Civil War because that's another one that's you know it's just all about yeah. slavery. Of course, uh-huh. slavery was a portion well, of it. Well, now but... it is, but that that was I mean, come on. Yeah, but like, one more. That, yeah. That's like the Iraq War is about liberating Kurds and Afghanistan right, is right. for liberating women. You can point to very real, you know, prejudices towards women in Afghanistan and the Kurds, and yeah, there was slavery. But that's not why they had a war. Not at all. They didn't even mention it for two years. Right. No. Hit on hit on hit on um, slavery real quick, and you know the the North's abolishment of slavery and and all of that. To part of the North abolished. It wasn't it wasn't out of kind. It wasn't out of kindness, of course. No, it? they what one wage slavery was more cost efficient for the uh, for the uh, owners. 
But also five northern states had slaves. Then they enslaved the Chinese after the Civil War. The Civil War was an economic war. South Carolina had been trying to secede since the late 1820s. Uh, and then, uh, you know, years later over the tariff issue. And Calhoun was the vice president, and he made this compromise to have uh, the tariff on southern agricultural products, cotton and tobacco, et cetera, lowered in increments every two years, back down to acceptable levels. Lincoln put it back up, you know, to that 50% export tax. So they fired on Fort Sumter, which is where they physically collected the export tax. I mean, that's the beginning of the Civil War. And everyone's writing about this, uh, not slavery. And so when they were trying to secede for the same reason they were trying to secede earlier, and slavery was never even mentioned in through the 1830s or anything. In fact, they uh, attacked and annexed part of Mexico, which had freed slaves in 1821. And then so in 1848, there's war with Mexico and part of Mexican territory, which was seceding itself. Northern Mexico is trying to leave southern Mexico. Uh, the Tennessee Volunteers in the United States joined with the North Mexicans, Texicans, Comanche Indians and Apache and uh, were uh, separated from Mexico and then many of them except for Texas joined the United States and then Texas would later too but they were a uh, free state and it would made a bunch of slave states including the entire Nevada territory which is several states now but that was a slave territory and same people were involved that's when Robert E. Lee was a uh, just a cavalry engineer and and the same guys he'd be fighting with later, you know, helped take land from Mexico and turn it into a slave-holding territory. And General Grant had slaves. General Robert E. Lee did not have slaves, you know. And yeah. Arlington Cemetery was his personal property that is now where, you know, Confederate Union buried alike. And, and it's yep. interesting that there's a lot of there's a lot of blacks that uh, have been in Mexico since. Um, the slave days who had escaped into Mexico to flee slavery and have since obviously their descendants live there. Yep. Or imagine uh, fleeing and landing in northern Mexico and then it becomes then slavery is reinstituted. You know? Yeah. But suck. there wasn't um, as prominent in Texas. There wasn't. They did most of slavery was uh, in agricultural areas, and then they basically had. You know, slavery, not more, I would say serfdom with the Irish and, and uh, Polish or Catholic immigrants from anywhere really in the north. They had them plucking feathers and, you know, they would pay people in script and things like that. So it's like, oh, you get paid, but you don't get paid money. You get paid in script and you have to can only spend this special currency at the company store and stuff like that. So it's like you get paid and you have to recycle your earnings back into like, Oh, well, that's what, we're, that's what we're doing here in the United States anyway. Well, this this would last long after the Civil War. The, the if, when liberals are going on about uh, you know getting rid of guns and and they're supposed to be talking about labor rights and all that, I remind them of the Blair Mountain Rebellion. Over a million rounds of ammunition was fired in that. This is in the 1920s, okay, and uh, West Virginia, so former part of a southern state, became a Union border state, did have slaves, by the way. Um, not in the 20s, but the miners were quasi-slaves because they'd have to rent their equipment. They got paid in script. They had to recycle the script back in the company store. Right. It was horrible conditions, child labor, all that, basically slaves. And they would use these uh, private detective companies. Uh, Pinkerton's the most famous one, but there were many of them, and they would use these to 
as like basically hired guns to break up uh, strikes and unions and so on and, and force them into the conditions they were in. And a particular uh, sheriff who was a Hatfield, the Hatfield-McCoy conflict, which would come later, but he was a Hatfield that um, shot five of these detectives dead uh, for their harassment and abuse on people. And he was a local hero. And they shot him in the back when he appeared at court unarmed and killed him. And that started, kicked off this rebellion, which lasted for 10 days and, and thousands of minors were rebellious. So, and it did result in uh, labor laws being changed. So when liberals whine about that, you remind them about the Blair Mountain Rebellion as well as the uh, Colorado uh, coal miner strike where it wasn't people like whining with pussy hats. It was tens of thousands of guys <laughs> with guns that fired on the federal government and killed FBI. And even they had to bring in the Army and the Air Force. The only time until Waco that uh, – no, Waco just used police helicopters. An actual U.S. Air Force was used against the U.S. civilian population dropping bombs on them. Like, there's a lot of more World War One veterans too, so they knew, you know, they knew tactics and – they knew it was up because they always send the poor to war, and then the poor came back, and they took the war to the government. Now it's this massive rebellion that a lot of people never heard of. <clears throat> I'd never heard of that in my life. Blair Mountain Rebellion. Check that out on Wiki. Gives a kind of uh, kosher version of it, or whatever, for lack of a better word. But there's books about it, and there's a song about it. Even I think uh, David Rovick made a, a song about it, and there's local songs about it, but. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, the biggest labor riot ever. Uh, a million rounds were fired. They had machine guns shooting at each other in different positions in county versus county. It's really interesting. It's that, like a I'm little surprised that hasn't been a movie, order. dude. That sounds like a movie, like a champ right there. It should be. It's in Logan. It was mostly in Logan County, West Virginia. Um, people there know about it, still talk about it. I mean, that would be like like my grandmother was born in the 20s. She's 90 years old. Like, that's not that long ago. Right, really. right, in the context of time, um, for sure. And, you know, her grandfather was in the Civil War. So, like, fought on both sides. Well, let's uh, let's fast forward. Man, like I said, Ryan Dawson's the <laughs> shit, ladies and gentlemen. We could have chapter after chapter. And, you, of course, you'll always, you're always welcome here and we'll always be back. But we're going to talk. I didn't get asked about Civil War or anything. I thought we were going to do Assange and so on. But no, we I'll will. Talk. We will. We are, brother. I mean, unless I mean, how long do we got you for a minute, don't we? We're, you know, no, I'm it. just saying, like, uh, I did, if I was prepared, I could really dig in. No, come on. You're, yeah. You're, yeah. You're, what time is it there right now, Ryan? Oh, it's like 1035 in the morning. I'm not stressed for time at all. We're good. Okay, cool. Yeah. So fast forward, man. I mean, obviously, you're you're very well abreast of what's going on over here over the last couple. We I mean, over the last few years. So we've had this, you know, Russian collusion. Trump is working for Putin, et cetera, et cetera. Mueller and wait a minute, the, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I think wait. I told you last time, the last time I was on the show about a year. I'm just ago, I'm just giving the background no of what's been going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what they say has been going on. Yeah. Of course. That's. <laughs> well, yeah, I was going to say. I was going to say what Russian collusion. I, I'm, let me let me do my thing. I'm transitioning. I'm segueing, gang. Come on. <laughs> No. <laughs> we're moving yeah, so ahead. so so now you know Mueller. we can have a conversation on whose side he's on etc cetera, etc cetera. but his finding low these many years after everyone's been saying that he's working for putin and this happened without a doubt and all these people who've been indicted is just indicative of that fact and come to find out we have found no collusion there's been no collusion proven and then you know obviously that's rejected by a certain side but what are your thoughts on that and and not only just that on just the, the Mueller investigation, how, how horseshit that was. 
I, I will preface this. We're yeah. going to talk a little bit also about Israel tonight, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. And let me tell you something. Newsflash. You can talk about Israel without being anti-Semitic. Ryan's not. I'm not. Pat's not. So we're yes. going to have a little bit of conversation about Israel as well because there is another aspect of Russia collusion that you've alluded to that you kind of call mm-hmm. Israel gate in those conversations with, with Michael Flynn, et cetera, et cetera. What are your thoughts yeah. on Mueller's findings and is a possible role of Israel in this conversation. You know, Mueller refused to investigate the Saudis that did a dry run on 9-11. And uh, so he's already <laughs> whatever. But they were as certain that they would find Russian collusion as they were that Hillary Clinton would win the election. Remember when they were giving her like 97.5% odds of, of beating Trump? <laughs> And, you know, they live in bubbles and talk to each other. And there's no Russia collusion. Like, there... I said that many people said that like when people would bring that up, I would just I'm like, are they really still talking about that? Because there's no evidence, motive, nothing like we'll go back to also like when Russia. it started, you know, when it really, really started, because we've talked about it on the show around May 2016. They found out the DNC things were hacked. You know, Seth Rich was involved and you have this company called CrowdStrike, yes. which comes in, which then begins to create this narrative of Russian collusion which is so weirdly gaslighting because we find out that Tony Podesta, John Podesta, Hillary Clinton, everyone's working with Ukraine yep. and the Russians, et cetera. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, it was as stupid as a cover for, I mean, look, somebody on the inside, possibly Seth Rich, leaked this information. It wasn't hacked. And it definitely wasn't hacked by the Russians. And, and uh, we know and that also, through digital forensics. Right? Oh, what happened? Somebody told the truth about Hillary Clinton's crimes? Aren't we supposed... Isn't that journalism anyway? Right. But, you know, they're not mad at her for doing it. They're mad at somebody for telling on her for it. Exactly. Which is amazing. That's like, the madness of today, though. Exactly. That is the mindset of today with yep. a lot of people. Yeah. That Well, they're on their team. It's tri- they're very, very tribalistic for that. And they hate Trump because they think he's literally Hitler. Da, 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 da. And the Russia smear... It's two birds with one stone. They really hated Russia because they wouldn't go along with the plan in Syria. And uh, basically Syria, most of Syria, is still sovereign under Syrian uh, rule today because Russia did intervene and actually fought against al-Qaeda, which we're supposed to be doing. Uh, and sec- we uh, covertly aided them the whole time. But... Not even covertly anymore. It's almost like, you know, yeah, everybody well, kind of knows that. The globalists stopped hiding their agenda. When they thought they were 100% sure that she was going to win, they stopped hiding their agenda altogether the last like year at least. <laughs> they got sloppy. They just blatantly threw it in our faces right. of what they were going to do. They would say McCain and the rest of them, they overtly, the State Department um, would not list Aral al-Sham as a terrorist group until finally these idiots filmed themselves machine-gunning women's guts all up against the wall and hanging kids. And then, and then finally... Under you know international pressure, they're labeled as terrorists. They rebrand themselves, and then we just uh, continue to aid them using Turkey as a conduit. But I digress. The, what I thought about RussiaGate though was, um, you know, early on, and I remember being in Sydney where I was supposed to talk at university, and I didn't get to because they made, were going to make me pay for security that I didn't need, which was just a pretext to not let me speak, you know. And, but I talked at a convention center instead, and a uh, little one. And I remember talking about Michael Flynn then because I was excited. Like, well, here's the guy, the head of the DIA, that had the actual reports on Syria admitting that Hillary, who was the secretary of state, was saying we need to create a Salafist principality in Syria to go against Assad and openly admitting that we were siding with al-Qaeda. Yep. He, this is the – and Michael Flynn had – 
is not like a Ron Paul or anything. Let me make this clear. He's bad on a lot of other stuff. But on Syria, he was telling the truth and showing what Hillary was doing. And then he was supposed to have Bolton's job, right? And that didn't last long at all because apparently uh, when Israel tried to get the Security Council to veto this resolution condemning their ethnic cleansing of Palestinians and creating settlements in the West Bank, um, Michael Flynn had called everybody, not just the Russians, but everybody on the Security Council, the French, the English, and so on, and to try to get on behalf of Israel, per request of Jared Kushner, who was at the request of Benjamin Netanyahu for Flynn to go and do this. They ignored why he was calling. They ignored that he called the entire Security Council and they focused on, aha, you had a phone call with Russia. <laughs> Ooh, like, well, they they are allowed to do that, by the way. Right. Uh, so <laughs> he had called all of them. It didn't work either. The uh, U.S. abstained and everyone else in the world voted yes and for this resolution which is usually the case like everyone votes yes the u.s votes no and they and they kill it right um because they are colonizing the west bank i mean that is nothing will happen it's just sort of finger waving because they're not going to enforce anything or whatever but obama abstained once he became a lame duck and he, he wasn't gonna be in office anymore and didn't care and he has a really bad personal relationship with netanyahu even though he did everything for israel they, these two hate each other so um that was what got Flynn in trouble, was making a call to Russia. I'm like, D isn't it more disturbing that the Israeli prime minister, through through Jared Kushner, I mean, he used to sleep in Charles Kushner's house, a convicted felon, by the way, uh, and that he was going to have the Kushners uh, influence Trump's security advisor to call uh, the heads of the UN, of the Security Council, and try and persuade them to vote otherwise. And then later you'd end up with uh, Nikki Haley doing it openly. I mean, she... She couldn't have enough fellatio to Israel, but we had called her to Icky Nicky. Say she's going to be talking in the Knesset. But, interesting, uh, interesting that Bibi Benjamin Netanyahu was recently uh, charged with I think some kind of fraud, and then recently just won another term as prime minister. Yeah, but at right. the same time, there's been a lot of people trying to. I mean, I'm not. I'm not. We had a tie, actually. Innocent. I'm not saying he's innocent by any means, but the. But the deliberate and obvious actions that were very public of the Obama administration to try and oust. Uh, Netanyahu from office was, I mean, it was blatant. And we, we talk about how many nations the, the United States tries to, what's that? He, the timing of it also, because he probably is guilty of campaign finance, uh, breaking campaign finance laws, and his wife was as well. But why do you bring that up? nine days before the election when yeah, that's the, one of those the, silly charges that's like again uh, handing out speeding tickets at the indy 500 it's like they all do that shit, got indicted because exactly. she spent a hundred grand on personal chefs <laughs> of state money <laughs> but i'm like all of them do that kind of stuff you yeah. know this is but it wasn't uh it wasn't Obama pushing that one. It was uh, the Blue and White Party, which they actually scored a tie. Netanyahu narrowly uh, won, and so he'll be prime minister. Or well, but we, prime minister. but we but we actually diverted money into Israel to Netanyahu's opponent to to try and oust him back when Obama was in office, of course. Oh yeah, Obama hated him, and he yeah. hated Obama. I mean, yeah. it was. A, and let me tell you, this is, and you guys know I don't like Benjamin Netanyahu, but I'll tell you what, there, there's a lot worse than him, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. My ones. Uh, Netanyahu's kind of caught in the crosshairs because on the one hand, he's got real politic and and a, 
he, he understands you can't just go genocide people and just bomb whoever you want. But most of the Israeli public, they want more blood. They want to kill more Palestinians and Syrians and Hezbollah and the rest of it. When we see that every day, it's just not reported in mainstream news. There's so many kids killed over there. And unfortunately, it's always in this narrative like, well, they were throwing rocks, they were throwing bombs. It's always the reaction, nothing that provoked the action. Yeah, 66 people killed this week or shot this week and um, not killed, shot. And they just killed a 15-year-old boy this morning. Like, it's just. That sounds like Chicago in a day. Yeah, it's actually less than a uh, bad weekend in Chicago. But it, right. it's but, it's um, not. But it but it's not Chicago. It's Israel. It's one we right. give we give almost four billion dollars a year or whatever it is. Soldiers, kids. I mean, it's. That's what I'm saying. We we but. basically support. I mean, and again, it's not anti-Semitic to just be able to say facts, dude. It's like I, yeah, I get it. There's it has nothing to do with being Jewish. It's like if I want to criticize North Korea, it doesn't make me anti-Asian. <clears throat> Thank you. Know? you. Like, that's, Thank you. That's ridiculous. Like. Uh, Jews live everywhere. A lot of them live in Israel and a lot of them live wherever, but it's got nothing to do with biology or anything like that. This is a state policy. It's a bad state. And, you know, just like when I'm criticizing Lincoln doesn't mean I hate what a <laughs> America, hate, yeah. not, right. hate America or something like so with, with, uh, the, with the resolution of, you know, the, the Mueller report supposedly, you know, vindicated, exonerated, whatever term you want to use on the heels of that, we did you watch. Rachel Maddow's breakdown. I did. I oh, of course. We've spoken about it more than once on the show. Roger. She, Roger had is, a bad day that she, day. She go by she or he. I just call her Roger Maddow. I mean, I'm just assuming she doesn't. I know she Rachel, doesn't. Rachel Maddow and Chris Hayes are one and the same. <laughs> well, I mean, because, saving money. They're Rachel's saving money. More, uh, Throw a suit uh, on one, uh, a mouse <laughs> on the other. Rachel's the more masculine version of right, Chris Hayes. Right. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Well, it's just like they're both like Pat on Saturday Night Live, the old Saturday Night Live. Yeah. So she just puts on bigger glasses and becomes Chris. Sometimes. She actually, yeah. I'm gonna, yes. you know, well, I'll go there, man. Like I've said this on the show. There's a there's a picture I think when she was in college, but she was actually pretty freaking hot. And I think this is way before Hillary turned her out. But she had some nice long sandy sandy blonde locks and looked, you know. Not that it matters how she looks. I'm just objectifying her. I apologize, ladies and gentlemen. She's a beautiful, she smart like lady. She looks like a box commentator. <laughs> well, now she's got the high and tight. But, I mean, she watching her weep was just fantastic because they invested so much in literally a lie. And and it's amazing because if you do want to get on the president's case, there's plenty of stuff. Like, I made a big, sure. long movie of uh, of things, you know, shady things that Trump had done before he was president and working with the mob in New Jersey and all this. But they don't talk about that because right. they can't because their own politicians are even more guilty of the same thing. See, and this is what I've said 10 trillion times, Patrick, and you will attest. He's Michael Corleone at the end of Godfather 1. He's a gangster, but he's taking out the old gangsters and bringing in his new gangster. You can't be a New York real estate tycoon and not have some stuff back there. You know what I mean? And I'm not hey, knocking look. his hustle because this is that. This hey, is... look, look, here's the deal, though. Um, are you OK with the status? Were you OK with the status quo? I'd rather have Trump. I'd rather look if I'm picking. Look, I'll, I'll pick the mafia over most of the government. I think Vegas was way better with the mob than it is now. Like, hey, they the mob have some rules. They operate code. out of honor and a handshake, don't they? They got a code, and uh, it just works better than the state. I'll tell you that. Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Trump you know, he rubbed Merda. elbows with some people, but like you said, you're not going to be a billionaire in New York without having to deal with the mob. You right. have to. 
Like, I mean, once you even just the presidential level period, I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're Jimmy Carter. Like, there's something there. There's something to get to that level. You just have to have something going on that's just you know not necessarily on the up and up. And that's just that's just presidential politics. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's no lone (laughs) gunslingers in this mix, and that kind of leads me kind of to this next question. Pat and I have talked about, and I I, whatever. There's no real order to this, but you know, you got Julian Assange being arrested. You got Bob Barr days after. Uh, Trump is essentially whatever Mueller's report comes out and says, you know what? I now want to kind of investigate how this all this bullshit got started. And then did you, you see the two? They're all like Julian Assange has been a rush, uh, arrested for because he was a Russian agent. Like, that's what they're saying. I, like, I wow, saw I saw it, it was already. I, well, I saw it because the UK said that he had bail jumped and they're going to keep him for 12 months or whatever, whatever. But the well, kind I of did do that. The, the 4D, whatever you want to call it. Pat and I talked about it the other day because I was super and I'm still just like. With the deplatforming of people and, you know, making truth illegal, talking about truth being illegal or whatever in whatever form or fashion, you know, Pat had alluded to not just like Q so much, but this notion to cheer his ass up. He, he I did. Had to save him. I had to talk him down <laughs> off the ledge. <laughs> I was well, pissed. Let me, let me put this. Well, hold on. Hold on. Hold on, Ryan. Hold on, Ryan. So, 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 so the 4D rip is, you no, know, he's bringing uh, Julian Assange into U.S. custody so they now can fully divulge. Was it Seth Rich? What was going on? These emails. And that will kind of get to a lot of the root of where this what Bob Barr was talking about, where this Trump investigation started. The discovery process of the court case will will show where these documents came from and Mm -hmm. it will lead back to Seth Rich and that Seth Rich was murdered. And many other things are going to be proven true because they're going to have to be admitted in court because they're accusing him of hacking. Um, government and military websites, and he's going to have to prove that he did not. And they're going to, like I said, they're going to have to trace all these documents back, where they came from, prove where they came from. And I'm telling you right now, I, in my mind, it's it's a home run. This is exactly mm-hmm. what's going on. I was getting ready to say when I said, let me give you this white pill. Can you imagine <laughs> if, if, if he's not suicided and Julian Assange, because that's what I worry about, but if he does right. get to talk and he says Seth Rich was the leaker, or just anybody in the DNC. It wasn't Russia. It was so and so. Yes, right? yes. But the, haven't IT experts already proven that it wasn't? Uh, it wasn't a hack. It was actually. But Assange yeah, can speak specifically to who it was. And the FBI and like the NSA knows, and I know like Scott Horton is journalists who talked to the person that leaked, and they were in the DNC. He didn't say it was Seth Rich or not, because you know you don't want to get shot yourself. Right. Exactly. So, but I, I looked into uh like okay if you're gonna have a contract killing who does hillary usually use like from what area and all and they probably put them up in a five-story hotel because that's their style so you see some unusual uh south american names in the area at a five-star hotel who have a history of well let's see one of them had been in jail and gotten pardoned for example are you ms-13 if uh i'm not saying i'm just saying (laughs) somebody from south south uh, up there that happened to stay in this hotel and one of them had already been to prison gotten out and stayed in a five-star hotel at the exact same time. Um, yeah, there could be a contract killing, but I'm not going to put my neck out there. I just, you know, I got my limits, you know, and because it's also just circumstantial. And if I'm wrong, it would really be bad for that person. So I'm not going to say names, but uh, it does look like a contract killing and linked back to Hillary. And you know, it wasn't Russia for sure, and we know it was a DNC insider. So even if it wasn't Seth Rich, uh, you don't need that conspiracy to be true. 
to debunk blaming Russia for all of it and saying Assange is a Russian agent. He's an intelligence right, asset. Right. WikiLeaks bringing up the Swedish Russian case of documents on Russia that were used in Russian court cases, like what were damaging to them. So that would be a, a pretty silly asset to have. But no, they, WikiLeaks started as a, an anti-China faction, and apparently. Um, grew a conscience or whatever and decided to you know release on everyone and uh they did what do you and what do you see happening now to power. he's he's in he's in british custody supposedly going to be extradited what what do you see as that next phase do you see this this, this so scenario covered, as likely as pat explained like this is this, i think that's totally possible i think uh i think that would be the best possible but uh britain is now saying they won't extradite him to any countries that torture or have the death penalty now the u.s does torture but officially we don't it's just enhanced interrogation or, or we rendition right. them to some other place and then torture them over there where it's legal so i don't think that counts but uh we Home do have square. the death penalty but it depends on which state right and so but what they'll say is well the well, charge he's currently on don't warrant the death penalty but after he's in the u.s they could pile on new charges and then next exactly because anyway. sounds like right now they're just pinching him for five years this. i wouldn't want to go to a federal drum for five years but bradley manning got 35 and then got it commuted by obama but they're only hitting up assange with supposedly five years until like you said they might pile on some more stuff once they get him or Pat's scenario that this is all just to get him into custody to really start divulging the real deal on what was in these these emails, etc. Well, they they put Manning back in jail shortly before this. I saw as that. Well. I saw that. Trying to couple the whole thing, but it's like RussiaGate fell apart, and so they immediately go to how can we keep this alive, right? Oh, we'll get Assange and say he did it Russia because that's the whole reason why he was in an Ecuadorian embassy anyway was he was accused of hacking the DNC. Right. He didn't hack the DNC. It was a leak. There was no hack. Right. And there was an insider. And the reason a lot of people believe it was Seth Rich and why that makes sense is because a DNC insider was murdered and they didn't take his wallet or anything else. But uh, they're not even a looking to see who it could be. They're trying to cover it up. And it, it fits Hillary's M.O. Because remember, like with Benghazi, they made up this stupid story about, oh, a video on YouTube from July suddenly pissed off Muslims on right. September 11th, right. you know, months later. And it's because they're mad at a YouTube film, and that's why they killed Ambassador Stevens and attacked him. Come on. She also gave the whopper about the Saudi uh, used car salesman that was going to blow up uh, Israelis at a coffee shop or something and work for Hezbollah in Mexico. Like, it was so convoluted. Ryan, Ryan, at this point, what difference does it make? Because it, I just say— I'm, like, I'm joking. Kat, she, that's what Hillary said. Of, this kind of— uh, <laughs> That's what well, Hillary said. Is, um, green yeah, pants right. on right now, Jeff? What'd you say? It's been green suit on right now. Does what? You have a green pantsuit on right now. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's what she said at the, at the whatever those that's hearings. How She's good like, at my this CTE memory is that's what Hillary was wearing when she said, "What, what, what, what does it matter?" At, at, at this point, what difference does it you make? Got the color that she's wearing a pantsuit is pretty good guess at any time, really. <laughs> yeah, but green, but green. Yeah, wow. yeah. Maybe it was St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> I have to look up the date. Sorry, go ahead, Ryan. Wears orange on that day. <laughs> She's a monster, man, and she just uh, I and like 
I, of course, I'm hoping for the good scenario. I don't want them to pile on charges and execute Assange. I really don't think. You think they, they would execute him? I don't. Oh, they'd love to if they could, but they can't. I don't think they can get away with that because the public global. Well, I mean, public, Manning Manning was the precursor to any well, whatever whatever he supposedly charged see, with doing was George, was in see, tandem Manning, with her or him, and he's out or now he got locked back up. But I think I'm thinking you know U.S. custody is the safest place for those guys to be because they want to start the debrief. Able to transcend sides because. Your anti-war factions, your libertarians, etc., anybody for free speech, they were on Manning's side because all he did was tell the truth. And, yeah, we did kill civilians in Iraq and da-da-da-da-da. And then he had good optics because as a homosexual slash transgender soldier leaking to this guy with white hair, that got all the shitloads <laughs> and stuff on the side because they, it's like good optics. It's like, oh, they're automatically on the side for virtue signaling purposes. And then other people were on his side out of principled purposes because what he did was the right thing. So you have this cross-tribal <laughs> um, siding with Manning and WikiLeaks, which is why that one got to be the forefront. Because there was cryptomy and scribs and a whole bunch of sites. Like, I'd seen the collateral damage video years before it was on WikiLeaks. I, I had it on my site. Like, it was like, we're looking around going, well, duh. Like, everything that came out of WikiLeaks was already on the internet anyway but that we it created a sort of central hub and it was acceptable to the left because of manning and the transgender and da 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 and it was acceptable right. to the anti-war and so it was like ooh, you can't use that uh tribal division anymore we got good optics and principles what you gonna do now well we're gonna throw them all in jail that's what we're gonna do right. so they did and uh but you know manning gets commuted and there's a lot of pressure on obama to do that and that's like one good thing he did. He didn't. I can't think of anything else he did right. He. Um, I was pretty you know, surprised when he did that because he's he's deep state as it gets, and that that uh, collateral murder thing or whatever the name of that video. I mean, that just the the, the volumes and volumes of files that they unloaded of, of people giving reports of just blatant murder that was happening, men, women, children, etc. I mean, it's just it was. Absolutely... But I mean, we've been. That's. That's how it's been since World War Two. I mean, we've gotten worse. For sure. For sure. Uh, but again, in a place we didn't we didn't need to be in the first place, and we could go back to Gulf of Tonkin. Oh, we were talking about sure. Daniel Ellsberg on one of our recent lives, and how whatever, regardless of what anybody thinks about Daniel Ellsberg, his divulging of what was going on in Vietnam gave us understanding of what was going on in the My Lai, the My Lai massacre, and just Cy Hirsch, Cy Hirsch, same thing. In Syria too. And in, yeah. in, in a place we didn't need to, not only didn't need to be, it was an illegal incursion. Like it, all the bullshit we talk about, why we go into other countries because they're killing their own people or I whatever. Would say worse it was fabricated and illegal because we went on false pretexts. Well, of course, we that's what I'm saying. Up. Based off a lie, all those people died. Americans, the Vietnamese, based off of literally a lie. But you same know, with the yeah. same thing. You know, yeah, illustrations of WMDs. The Vietnamese did not fire on a U.S. ship. The Israelis did, and Johnson covers that one up with the USS Liberty. So we kill two million Vietnamese people. All we do to Israel is give them more money. A it's year. Disgusting. It's crazy. But he was sleeping with Matilda Krim, who's an Ergun terrorist, uh, right there on his ranch. That's what he was doing on the Ergun, night. Ergun. Uh, that's uh, you start talking about Ergun. That's uh, Rahm Emanuel and Ari Emanuel's dad. He used to roll with Ergun, blowing shit up back in the Rahm back Emanuel's in the day. There was in the Stern Gang. Lovely folks. Uh, yeah, lovely terrorist groups. Uh, but that's you know that goes on the same thing in the Islamic world. Who, who did we back? Mujahideen. We created Al Qaeda. We backed Al Nusra. We backed. Around Sham and indirectly, 
the FSA. Think about this. Let me let me make a point though about this. Now, as as far as you know, the Mujahideen and all that sort of stuff, uh, trying to trying to shut down Russia, make them struggle, make them spend massive amounts of money. Uh, the the arms buildup that Reagan put him in the arms race and all that sort of stuff to try and break the bank. I almost saw, and it's not justified in my mind, but it's certainly a better reason to fund terrorists to defend their own nation against a Russian incursion, in my mind, than it is mm-hmm. to fund ISIS for what they have been doing in Syria, just to simply overthrow a, a leader of a nation that, frankly, they didn't give Christians a hard time. They didn't give even some Jews a hard time that lived in Syria. People lived in relative peace. I mean, there were a lot of Christian churches um, in Syria. Oldest and, ones, and they were protected, unlike in Israel, where they right, burned the right. miracle So what I'm saying down. is, is there's, a, there's a big difference in my mind, and, and certainly a level of evil in what's been done in Syria. And, of course, Iraq and, and Libya and Yemen and everything else that's going on. There's different reasons for that. And very, very evil ones in my mind. I mean, do you see the yeah. difference? Well, supporting the Mujahideen, first of all, Carter starts that prior to Russia invading Afghanistan, not as a reaction to it. So when he's saying we went there to fight the Russians, like, you know, the Russians went there to meet us because we were there first. The other thing is, though, supporting the Mujahideen against the Soviet Union, I don't have a problem with. The Al Qaeda portion of the Mujahideen was a a Charlie Wilson kind of business opportunity where we realized let's uh, use this uh, incursion and then we're going to have a breakaway faction where we can use proxy forces anywhere we feel like. And, and this goes back this goes back the to the cover of fighting the, with the Mujahideen sure. and Northern Alliance. But the Al Qaeda part, all the diaspora foreign fighters that joined in Afghanistan with Osama bin Laden, Tim Osman. Uh, that, that we had a data list of these fighters, which could be thrown into conflict wherever needed, and they were like a ran contra. I mean, publicly denounced it, privately were supporting it, and and supporting it not only with narcotics but um, with contraband, and also we trained the pilots and, and the rest of it. I mean, you guys know, but uh, the idea was you couldn't have a head-on collision in a nuclear age. So proxy forces were the, the modern privateers. I think we spoke this, this goes. This literally goes back to chapter one, the first two chapters, or the first two paragraphs almost of chapter one of Zbigniew Brzezinski's The Grand Chessboard of the U.S. always needing to have some kind of destabilizing force in Eurasia. Yep. And, you know, and he, he was obviously he was Jimmy Carter's national security advisor. So when you talk about Jimmy Carter, this is he was pretty much the architect of this foreign policy. And like you said, it continues today. And it goes back to, like you said, their old privateers. When Spain didn't want to be known for attacking France, they would hire this group. And then they were the private, you know, to kind of the proxy force. Yeah. If, if you're a pirate, all you can do is personally arrest that pirate and hang him. It doesn't go back to the state. Exactly. Plausible and, uh, deniability has been around for a long yep. time. The British were the masters of it, and uh, one of my ancestors was a privateer, Blackbeard, came a straight-up pirate later. But, yeah, they're just uh, terrorists or pirates on land, and it's a way of saying, wow, I never heard of these guys. And there's so many layers now in between whatever intelligence agency, whether it's FSB, CIA, Mossad, whatever, and the puppet, that they don't even know that they're being puppeteered. A lot of Al Qaeda legitimately, seriously sure. hates the United States yes. and wants to kill them. Yep. They don't know they're getting logistical, financial, and and uh, physical armed support from a state. 
And can you think about that, ladies and gentlemen? Think about think about nine eleven that happened in two thousand one. Cats who are susceptible, who might have family members killed, are now what you know twenty almost twenty one you know twenty twenty one years old. So I mean, you have a you have a full fighting force, and I guess they call that backlash or whatever you want to call it. But going to the kind of the root of a lot of the things we soldiers in Afghanistan that were not born when that conflict started are now you know willing to die for it exactly babies that were born on you know on september 11th like could be in afghanistan now sure. they'd be over 18 exactly that's mind-blowing well it's been at war with afghanistan for 18 years Far too long. I, mean, I got in the, i should have i should have gotten into the uh arms dealing <laughs> Patrick. I'd have a mansion right now. I'd have a mansion. You could, right now. You could have just bought I'd stock in Raytheon, be, Halliburton, and Lockheed yeah, and I sat mean, back I'd, and did nothing. <laughs> yeah, I'd, be, I'd be headed for hell post life, but I mean, you know, I'd be having I'd be rolling large right now. Well, yeah. your thoughts well, generally, bro, on I mean, because we talk about this a lot, like the dynamic of all this, the grand chessboard, what's going on? You know, Trump kind of pulled back on quote unquote funding ISIS and now ISIS is now no longer a prominent force in Syria supposedly but you know who's what's going on with Trump he, he's not clearly not truly an independent is he I mean he's he's he, he's beholden somewhat to Israel he's got Goldman Sachs people surrounding him like what's larger picture like what's going on he's is really he, bad at picking people because he's got John Bolton for sure. Kushner is, is, you know, married into his family, so he weaseled his way in. But, but, but part, part of my uh, larger question, again, also, Iran, you have these 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 targets that have been yeah. in the neocon sites for years, and now he's talking about Iran, North Korea, et cetera. Is he just a horse of a different color, or is he really something Trump's, different? He, Trump's always been bad on Iran. I mean, he's been good on certain things, at least with rhetoric for immigration. He was better on Syria than Hillary was, and... He's, you know, he's done deregulation. He's talking to North Korea. And so he's got a little bit of freedom, like when it doesn't involve the Middle East. They didn't, Israel didn't care what you do with North Korea or whatever. But when it comes to Iran, Trump's always been like, get rid of the Iran deals. And, and uh, they're the biggest purveyor of terrorism. He just labeled their Revolutionary Guard as a terrorist organization. Like, really? They're terrorists, but MEK isn't? <laughs> like, unreal. But if you look at it, a lot of it's window dressing stuff. It's like, you know, abstract stuff, kind of like moving the embassy or, or declaring Jolin Heights part of Israel. Like, that doesn't make it so. That's just uh, your opinion on these things. That doesn't really move the capital, and that doesn't really make that Israel's. It does. It's just like uh, a lot of hot air. You know, there's nothing like concrete about it. But he's been mouthing off about Iran constantly. And uh, he has done a few cruise missile strikes in Syria on, on that behalf, on that rhetoric. But, you know, a real war with Iran, first of all, you can't do it unless you finish Yemen first. And you really can't do it because, I mean, you, short of nuclear weapons, it would just be too many casualties. Well, you're dealing with Russia and China getting involved. If you yeah. really, if you go into Iran flat out, you are, you are, you're asking for Russia and China to, to come in and it's that's yes that's yeah. a global that's a global cataclysm even iran itself like it's just we'd lose ten thousand guys we'd win but do we want to lose ten? i don't want to like is it, for what they're not a threat to the united states right it's right. really clear like we don't need to be in iran yeah. uh but he'll continue the sanctions and probably they'll use the uh, arab separatist group uh mujahideen al-kulk and uh jundala which is a blukistani group 
will suddenly come into more money and guns and they'll start a war just like they did in Syria, uh, the same method by uh, funding these terrorist groups inside Iran. And that's a harassment campaign. You're not going to topple it like that. But really, uh, the reason I say they have to get Yemen first is because if Saudi Arabia doesn't get coastal real estate, then they can't circumvent the Strait of Hormuz. And in the event of a war, yes. the first thing Iran would do is close the Strait of Hormuz. And that would be like a global lockdown on oil and gas from the, the the second largest reserves on Earth. And it would block Bahrain, Qatar, Kuwait, UA, part of the UAE, and uh, Saudi Arabia. So they're not going to do it. Like Europe and Asia and everyone that you know isn't as independent on energy as the United States would say, uh-uh, that ain't happening. So <laughs> there's a war in Yemen, and they are going to set up a port city in northeast Yemen and connect a pipeline to it. After that, then Iran needs to really worry. But until that happens, we're not going to war in Iran. And they know it. That's why they're fighting in Yemen. Hmm. Yeah. But we did have a resolution uh, to stop that, our, our participation in it, now that it's practically done and Saudi Arabia is going to win anyway. But, uh, you know, if we With stop, our weapons, hell yeah. <laughs> right. We, well, what's funny is they're using our latest weapons, the kind that are built for all the bells and whistles, not actual function. Like F-15, great plane. F-16 is a great plane. F-35, not so much. <laughs> it's got every problem you can imagine. And well, it's Saudi got so many moving parts. I mean, that thing has – it's so technologically advanced. I think that they they moved a little quick on it because I saw one of, uh, one of those fly out in Virginia, at Virginia Beach, when I was on a base out there. And it was hitting it was hitting maneuvers I didn't even fathom were possible for an airplane. I'm telling you, the, it can move. But dude, the thing the hydraulic, is, I'm telling you, man, the hydraulic no. plates, the hydraulic plates and the belly of it that'll drop out, and that thing would stop on a dime and make a 90 degree turn. I don't know. I couldn't believe it. What I was seeing, it was. But they have to get repaired by. after every lift to get all the gook and stuff. But for the stealth, has to be reapplied. Their oxygen's knocking out the pilots. The uh, information on the helmet display sure, i'm just problems. saying i'm just saying what i saw it do in the air is they definitely belief. have oh they definitely can uh can can turn and stop and do what jets are supposed to do it's reverse uh, engineered ufo tech dude come on we all know this <laughs> we it's, just had it's, one it's crash here i've, I've flown in an f-18 i've flown in an f-18 tomcat mm -hmm. and i can tell you that f-35 is doing stuff that that well, that's another Douglas wouldn't even skill. begin to be able to do but the uh, well, it's one and a half trillion dollars. I hope so. But we had one crash. Jeez, are you kidding me? So an F thirty five just fell into the ocean. They don't know why. Off of Japan. I saw that. Uh, Did they retrieve that? Did the U S. or Russia or anybody retrieve that? It's, it's, or... Well, U S. They're not going to let Russia retrieve it. <laughs> but Japan has to retrieve. I believe got it's... it today. Located where it was or whatever. I think the pilot was missing for days too. Like. Um, this happens. We had one crash in Florida, another one crashed in South Carolina. Like they, they've got a lot of problems with the, uh, the onboard computer and so it's so technically advanced. Like there's, it's, it, you know, a glitch here or there and right. it's got problems with the oxygen uptake and all. They focus so much on like, well, what, look at this cool stuff it could do in an air show or whatever. But it's, they made, uh, the wrong size. It didn't fit with any landing hook with their Navy, so it couldn't land on a carrier. So they had to make an F 35C, F 35B. And like, yeah, well, but I'm telling you, like, this is on purpose. I mean, you know what planned obsolescence is. 
So the reason they have to reapply the stealth every time is they made it that way on purpose. Like the more it costs, the better. Because right. they're not paying for it. You got to justify that budget. Yeah, I got to justify that $1.5 trillion they put into it. Parts made in Vermont, by the way, and Bernie Sanders voted for all of it. So they know that. Feel the burn. <laughs> he, he's he's, he's got, so he, anti-corporate, but he gives the big, the largest. That's more money went to Lockheed Martin last year. Or as much money as the entire State Department. Gee, wow. What? <laughs> That's a big budget. If you look up uh, Lockheed Martin, America's largest welfare queen, is the article I wrote, and it links to about 20 different articles showing the problems with uh, just... That's uh, always just, been uh, that way the def- with defense contractors, dude. Always has, but man, I'll tell you what, that's that's been like Raytheon, Boeing... Northrop Grunman, General Dynamics, like all the typical. What did leeches. my man say, dude? War is a racket. Yeah, Smetley Butler. They, they, um, if you haven't read that, by the way, not you guys, but the audience, like, get that. War is a racket. Well, watch, watch the video where he's like, yeah, this uh, fascist government basically was trying to get me in the military to have a coup against FDR. I mean, it's like he's saying it. It's like on video. It's not even just yeah. us talking about it. It's not surprising to us. But like you say, you're already in like Alice in Wonderland land because the more you know, the weirder it gets. Because everything you heard as a kid was BS, pretty much. What's going on in Africa, man? What's I mean, it seems like China's moving in Africa. Seems like Africa's kind of always been on the list as far as what it's always massive uh, civil war in Libya right now. I mean, Haftar's got triply surrounded. He's retaking the sun, right? Yeah, and he's he's got um, he's realized, and he's showing the entire world that violence is the only way to deal with a bully, not negotiation. I saw that video you said, and that's that's said, very true. Very yeah, true. I mean, he went up there with tanks, is what he did. Like you can negotiate from a position of strength with a bully, but you know, after everything that happened in Libya, I mean, how this hard they had they had reinstituted slavery in 2012. Isn't that right? crazy. You don't I even mean, hear anything about that. They're virtue signaling about they're calling Trump a racist and all this BS. And I'm like, like he's alive. He's not racist. Come on. But they, um, Hillary and Obama reinstituted North African slave trade in Libya. I mean, talk about racist. It is crickets <laughs> in the mainstream media. Crickets. Are you, it is. It's, it's like, well, you killed a bunch of black and brown people. You blew them up. But that doesn't matter. He, he said a bad word on a bus or whatever. Like well, I mean, I was speaking, you know, there is, I mean, supposedly in the new, I mean, there is not supposedly in the news, like the Muslims are like going around killing all these Christians and it's so kind of underreported. Like oh, I said, just, yeah. yeah. And just all these kind of moves on Africa. Like it's always been, it's always kind of been, you know, whether it's the Belgians or the English or whatever, but you know, you got the Mozambique and the Chinese and all this stuff going on in South Africa. Yeah. Belgium definitely wins in the death count, but after that, it's probably African on African. Uh, at least recently. You look at Rwanda, dude. But, that was like almost a million in like three months. Less yeah, than three the, months. Well, Paul Kagame is the leader of Rwanda. Is what came from Ugandan intelligence, and he's backed by the, the United Kingdom. 60% of their budget comes from the UK, and they went into the, D, the DRC, and I almost said DNC by mistake. They went into the Republic of the Congo, and yeah, they killed over a million people. That's modern times. That's like yes. two thousand. Never again, ladies and gentlemen. Never again. So let's hit on let's hit on this. I, I the Horn of Africa is getting better though. That Eritrea and Somalia and Ethiopia are starting to get along. 
Thomas C. Mountain. Yeah, right. we've imported uh, all the terrorists over here to Minneapolis. <laughs> they're, yeah, well, they're all Patrick in Patrick J. <laughs> they're all they're all in Minnesota, dude. Dude, did you see the guy? Not to completely digress, but the guy in the Mall of America that threw a kid off the five-year-old off the frame. I didn't see it, but I read like three stories. Like, and I guess he's still fighting for his life. Like, what the hell? Yeah, they arrested this man. Bigger picture, guys. Bigger picture. I'm sorry, Patrick. You. I'm sorry. Bigger picture. Bigger picture. Let's go out to the thousand foot. I want to. I want to hit on this, and and because it's. It's not been discussed yet, and it's not been discussed in the bigger picture by most people. They're seeing the the Notre Dame uh, Cathedral fire, and mm. then you know I've, so I've sad. recently found videos of of celebrating uh, Muslims uh, shouting Al Akbar, and pictures of, of Muslims in the crowd smiling and 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 giving the peace sign and and laughing and stuff about this. So, but but here's the thing. Um, I don't. I, I'm not offended by that. That's that's ignorance, and it is what it is, and it's it's um, you know the the manipulation and controlling of the mindset of of people on all sides of religion. But what's what's the bigger picture is that we need to look at is you know there have been numerous attacks on churches and fires in on churches. In, is Notre Dame arson, or just uh, we don't? It, it sounds like what they were saying was that it was numerous small fires were started, and then it. it this this so, comes on the heels of like you said, Pat, twelve, fourteen. Let me, let me both towers survived, and most of the internal like older right, things. The are, French the French yeah. Revolution, the the or the uh, I mean, and and the World War One, World War Two, all that good stuff. So, but here's the thing: um, at the same time as the the fire in France and the Notre Dame Cathedral burning, the Al Aqsa Mosque in Jerusalem was on fire also. So, what mm-hmm. what? what I think people need to start. Today, to come out to that thousand foot viewpoint and understand that this is a bigger picture that all the stuff that's going on in Africa, the stuff that's you know going on in Europe, the things that are starting to happen, the destruction of the Middle East that the globalists have, have basically unleashed, and then the flood of migrants into Europe to destroy migrant and the clash of civilizations there. This is not happening by accident. No, that's sir. the phrase, not... the clash of civilizations, exactly and this is written out in policy papers. By our little friends, and there is a extreme right wing party, and they are a minority, but they are you know that have already put a tunnel under the Alaska Mosque. They did that in the eighties, and the plan was the real Samson option is not Israel's nuclear weapons; it's to blow up the mosque and blame it on Christians and set Muslim versus Christian in a giant class of civilizations. Because the, according and, to prophecy, supposedly the 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 Messiah can't come unless the Al-Aqsa Mosque is temple. destroyed and rebuilt. Right, and they have to build a temple on the mount. And there are people who sincerely believe that garbage, and they um they want. Well, whether they believe it for because you know they sincerely have religious views or they just see the advantages of getting Christians and Muslims to tear each other apart, whatever. But that's care. the plan. I don't care what anybody says when you go back and you read. And people call it a farce. People call me a lunatic. My fellow Freemasons say that I'm an asshole for even bringing up Albert <laughs> Pike's letter to Mazzini, that it's been debunked, everything else, whatever. But – I've known about that thing for at least a decade, mm-hmm. longer. And... Well, I've got video footage of them talk. Like there was an attempt, I think it was '83. Don't quote me on that, but where an Australian Christian, like Patsy, like attempted to uh, 
to blow up the mosque from underneath, but how could he even reach it without the tunnels that that had already been built? And there was also um, an attempt to hit it with bus bombs, and they actually killed uh, several Palestinian activists with car bombs, and the plan was to go in there with like a tourist bus, and they were going to hit the mosque, but the uh, the cops stopped it. So these there are nuts out there that are like seriously consider something. If you did that, um, I mean... It it would be an irreversible situation. I mean, well, that's kind of supposedly what was going on with the Notre Dame thing today. Apparently, uh, three days ago, a woman was um, convicted and sentenced, I think, eight years to a crime she committed in 2016 relating to bombing and setting aflame the uh, Notre Dame. Um, what happened today, essentially? So but people- it's not still like as important historically. At, like even if you're not religious, it's a historical building. Has very important religious building. It's a very important cultural building, but it doesn't hold the same significance that it would have in the past with Christian Europe. The way that the Al Aqsa Mosque does for the Islamic world, like they are deeply religious. It governs, you know, every aspect of their life for a lot for of people. For sure. Whereas a lot yeah. of Christians in yeah. Europe are just yes, sort of tacitly Christian. Do you remember me talking about false flags? We've been talking about it for weeks, yeah, years. We knew this. This. Is this the false flags? Is this what the deep state needs? This is one of a, them. I mean, literally there, a religious war in Europe. It's a, what? What do you say? Or what have I heard? Like the dying by a million slices, or whatever the fuck it is. But it's like this is this is what you guys had just alluded to, and I wrote it down. I was going to ask the the culture, the clash of civilizations, East versus West. This has been going on forever, and like I've said many a times, the literally man the the level of psychological trauma that was put on most people on 9-11 from not just one yep. plane crashing into a building two planes crashing into a building one exactly. building collapsed another building collapsed the pentagon shanksville it fucked our mind and it opened this huge checkbook not only financially but even in our own mind like do whatever you got to do to glass parking lot those motherfuckers etc cetera, etc cetera. Yep. and that's what we're and seeing it became, manifest. somebody got us to go to war with their enemies because prior to 9-11 if somebody was Muslim in the United States, it just was like, whatever, you know? Okay. It was less than half a percent of the population, not really bothering anybody. Okay, you're Muslim, whatever. After 9-11, it would probably be scary to be Muslim in New York. It was like deeply burned in everyone's consciousness. Dude, they were Even attacking, they go, oh, Su- they were attacking like, Sufis that night. Those few nights I was hearing about, right. like, Sufis well, being— yeah, you yeah. got a turban, so, you know. That's, um, you know, they, America got its two front teeth knocked out, and suddenly in the conscience of every American was like, Middle East, Muslim, they're the bad guys. And then we ended up invading Iraq for some reason. But uh, prior to 9-11, <laughs> it just, people didn't care enough to even think about, oh, you're Muslim or you're Jew or you're, you know, Hindu. No one cares. Like right now, no one cares if you're Hindu. Well, right? I mean, I, I, I somewhat America, disagree, right? dude. I mean, I don't know how old you are exactly, but I remember, you know, the Ayatollah thing, the, the hostages, et cetera. There was always kind yeah, of this true. East there, versus West thing period. going. Hollywood had done its best, I mean, because there was an airplane hijacking and you had Munich and all that. And there was like, it, they kept it alive with true lies and all this, like Arabs exactly. hijacked planes, remember that time? And so it was in movies a lot, but it still was just like, Maybe worry while you're on a plane, but after 9-11, it was full on, old. full on. It's on, dude. Yeah. Like way, you're right. It wasn't zero before because they had, and Hollywood had preached it, but Hollywood can't give you the uh, psychological shock that uh, a, 
that see in the twin towers. I've, I've seen so many interviews of kids, man. They're little, they're more grown now, but kids who are like, man, I enlisted the next day, nine, 12. It's, I enlisted. It, yeah. It's that Kennedy got shot moment. The president's died. Like everybody remembers where they were when they heard the news. Right. Well, and the willingness when, is just, just to go to war. You know what I mean? We didn't even have the facts yet, but because the psychological trauma was so deep, you have kids who really wound up suffering or not even coming home who were like, you know what? I'm signed up. I takes me back to the band the of brothers. Thing I, thought of, I was scared because I'm like, man, somebody's going to get annihilated. Well, the band of like, brothers, if you've seen that series, man, hearing talking about easy company, some of those kids who couldn't get in and couldn't make it. They would kill. They would. There would be suicide rates with kids who couldn't get in to fight in World War II because they were so bought and sold on. They were defending the red, white, and blue. Damn and I'm not. Right. And I'm not in no way just besmirching anybody's service, man. I just I love the fact that people. It's just. It's a huge thing to have. You know, sacrifice the hugest thing in the world. But it's like. It what sucks you're saying that, is you're sick of our people dying. Yes. So yes, many of them yes. die. If uh, thank I mean, you, There's so many veteran suicides today. And a lot of them, they go over with all the best intentions and they, you know, defending their culture, their honor, their people. And they get there and they see what ends up really happening most of the time. And some of the abuses, they're forced to either look the other way or engage in themselves. And they come home and they kill themselves. They, they can't live with themselves. Like, they're not only forced to risk their life, they're all, then they, they're stuck in a situation where it's like, well, you you got to fight your way out or you're not coming home. But they're... In the people in Afghanistan, they know that our own Northern Alliance is raping little boys and they have to just say nothing. And soldiers that spoke out again, it got court-martialed and right. Pat Tillman got murdered over it, blue on blue. And they know what we're doing. They know like some of the sides that we're on in Iraq and Syria are chopping off heads and torturing all the rest of it. And they've seen what's really going on in the corporate greed. And they're like, oh my gosh. And you know, and people are like, man, you're a hero. And they're thinking, well, I don't know. We did some pretty terrible things. And then personally, it's like, they don't have a, because they volunteered, like no one forced them to go, makes it worse because it's like, and I volunteered to do that. Like obviously they assumed it wasn't going to be what it was, but uh, many soldier I talked to coming back, like, at the recent uh, anti-APAC conference, there was a gentleman there, and he had his, half his face was all scarred up from uh, an IED, and then he, and he got run over by a Jeep also, survived both things. But his face was pretty gnarly from the incidents, and he was all, I knew he was military right away, because he's all, yes, sir, that, even to me, and like, you don't have to say sir all the time, but it couldn't break the habit, but his, um, this, his stories and, and the stories of people in his unit, like it's like we had, there was no re reason to do what we did at Fallujah. And uh, it just made it worse. Like it made more people hate us and more people joined the, the resistance. And, you know, the neocons think you can fix everything just by hammering it enough. They don't realize like, well, how would the U.S. react if somebody just Thank burned you. New Jersey or something. Well, not hey, New Jersey. Whatever, just, whatever incursion. If somebody part, just burned yeah. Miami or something like that, we'd all be like, fuck you. You know, exactly. like, this is, and that's what we did in Iraq over and over again. It's like the ones that would have welcomed us. You can forget about that now. Like, well, uh, I mean, if you think about it, the U.S. government almost did burn Miami to get us to go to war with Cuba. Yeah, well, that's true. The, the uh, Paul Nitze and the rest of the Northwoods crew, they were talking about blowing up Americans. Bastards. 
McNamara and Kennedy like thought that was insane and it didn't go through. But these guys go on to join global government later and Nitsi sets up the uh the Aspen's Institute, which has a bunch of neocon fellows like Lewis Libby and Richard Pearl there today. Hmm. And uh and Judith Miller was part of that clique too. That's right that's in uh uh Colorado right now. There's the Aspen Institute and he's a founder. And it's just a who's who list of uh, the worst neocons you can name off the top of your head. They all belong to Aspen. And when uh, Libby did that cryptic letter uh, with Judith Miller when she was in jail for 85 days, and they were talking about their connected roots, they were talking about the Aspen trees, and it's a a, um, code for Aspen Institute. And I decoded those jail letters on a show with Michael Vera way back when. But... um, it goes back to the Northwood crew, and they're the ones crazy enough to blow up a plane full of Americans. And that's not—that's like the most um, infamous part of Northwoods, because even Melonheads talked about it. That's not even the worst <laughs> ideas they had. If you watch Decades of Deception, it's a film I put out in like 2014. I went over the other things that Northwood had planned, and it—it's even more crazy. When this even goes back to what we've talked about many times on the show, Gladio, Operation Gladio. I mean, for people like, no, the government would never do that. Like, wow, you clearly just have not read the history books because the government would kill its own people. Uh, We just talked about Blair Mountain, but Waco. Any of them. Gulf of Tonkin. I mean, name it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in Gulf of Tonkin, they just lied about an attack. Waco, they they burned. Well, I mean, lied about an attack which wound up leading to, you know, the millions of deaths or even the Milner group. And we had a podcast about. it didn't have a choice, and fifty-five to fifty-eight thousand yes. Americans were killed. Millions of Vietnamese were millions. I can't imagine that happening. And look how small that country is, too. Well, again, and like you got, just said a second ago, imagine out. someone doing that to us, coming over here, saying, "Hey, you know what I mean? You attack." It just it just wouldn't play. And Pat, we've had that conversation about you know patriotism, like the patriot you know mantra, et cetera. It's like sovereignty, et cetera. Right. Like we've we violated so many people's sovereignty and human rights, et cetera, et cetera. But it just gets rationalized as as just war and spreading democracy, and it, it's it's insane. It literally is insane to me how like reality kind of gets inverted. They talk about. Uh... You know, Islamic this and that, but I'm like, American exceptionalism has killed far more people than terrorists. Dude, that term right there, you get. I think we are exceptional. I love this fucking country, dude. I I love living in America. But no, I I know what you're saying. saying, But I'm just saying, what is done, what is done in our name, and has been done in our name, is so. It's just (laughs) you can't even quantify it. Like we're, we're it's. It's ridiculous, man. Well, you know what's is kind of a silver lining on that is like even the most evil people still they still recognize it as evil because they try to couch their intentions when they lie to the public under some do good or pretext. Which means they're aware of good and evil at least. So they let's say, Oh, it's for to liberate so and so, or this is for the red, white, blue, or this is to fight the commies, or the we're the fighting terrorists, or we're fighting some bad thing, or we're trying to do some good thing, which is always that's the th- false reality placed over the reality. That's, that's the just what's fed to the hoi polloi and the plebs, and then under that is usually some sort of corporate interest or you know insane. Yeah, no, the the, the the supposed benevolent cause always always covers the the malevolent wicked intentions and that's what right. that's what trips me out and I said the other day on our face I hate to keep alluding These to other shit we do how long are we going to keep signing our kids up to die for bullshit when we know it's bullshit 
I mean, we shouldn't just have historical perspective to be like, oh, yeah, McNamara said later on down the line, Gulf of Tonkin was horseshit. But in the moment, it was like, God, these goddamn communists, you know, even after 9-11, these goddamn Muslims or whatever, it means the same script. I mean, ism does kill a million people, and it is a it's a horrible ideology. That's got nothing to do with why we're really in Vietnam. That was the helicopter and heroin war. But um, but that's what they the, were selling the us. They were selling us the whole domino theory bullshit. Same with like Venezuela. Like, yep, absolutely. Chavez was terrible. Um, and they haven't had a good leader for many decades, really. But uh, it started more with Chavez and price control and and really it's narco socialism down there. I mean, but, that goes back to United Fruit, right? Back in fucking the sixties and seventies, people deciding to nationalize I, shit and. Well, you know who's on the the board of United Fruit, right? <laughs> Dulles. Of course. <laughs> so they're going to so, use the CIA for the personal aggrandizement of their own companies. No big shock there. Um, banana wars for 34 years. Track two. And, that's, that was Nixon. I mean, that's, you know, just destabilizing shit down there and then putting in leaders that were more it, for more our national interest, et cetera. That's the other thing, national interest. This is against this is against the US national interest. So we can go take out your leader and fix your elections and et cetera, et cetera. So can yeah. we circle can we circle back to uh to what's going on today? Sure, sure. Yes, I wanna I, I wanna because I think we talked about this last time we had Ryan on, I'm not sure. But I wanna know because it's been my belief from the word go and the more I see develop on the uh, Russian collusion and the, the Mueller investigation that I believe, I, wa I want your, your view on this, Ryan. Um, I think you were a bit skeptical maybe last time, but uh, I, maybe I've talked to some Well, I've never after. believed in Russia. Mueller, that Mueller was actually brought on by Trump's team and, uh, and that this whole thing has been literally the greatest thing ever. <laughs> well, I think it got a good result, but I don't think he was part of Trump's team. Like, they basically, they couldn't, Connect it to Russia because there is no evidence. No, Pat, can like, you go back to no where? How, how did Trump get to? How did Mueller get to Trump? Pat, tell that who who that pe person was and that Bannon and Gorka were the ones that steered him in that in that direction. And here's 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 what I'm saying is, it doesn't make sense when Mueller meets with Trump in Trump Tower, the the very next well, basically after they met, um, Trump and Mueller both talked to press and said. You know, we, we don't we don't agree on kind of where we want to go with this this FBI, uh, me as head of the FBI. And from my understanding, and I've not been I've not been proven incorrect yet, that Mueller had already served in that that position for as long as you could possibly serve, and he could not actually be hired back as the head of the FBI. So that meeting, uh, the, the the media assumed and was told that it was Mueller was being interviewed for the job. To head up the FBI, which was impossible. Even in even on Mueller's WikiLeaks page, it says it talks about that meeting at Trump Tower. Um, it didn't work out for whatever reasons. They didn't agree. Very next day, Rosenstein Rosenstein brings him on as special counsel to investigate the Russian Trump collusion. And look, we knew from literally the beginning that the minute that even before. Trump won the election when they started slamming him with the Russian collusion stuff. We knew it wasn't true, right? I think anybody with one eye and half a brain knew it wasn't true. Right. So I'm just saying that it was it was almost a no-brainer 
to I, I just think maybe yeah the left I'm sure talked to Mueller and said hey we need you we need you we need you but Mueller they had Mueller dead to rights for delivering um, uh, samples of, of uranium in Russia they had him dead to rights there's documents everything and I I in my mind believe that they said listen dude you were part of this we're gonna pull your ass out of the swamp we're gonna save you and you're it. gonna do and you're gonna do our bidding and you're gonna bring these people down and you're gonna make it look like you're investigating me and sure there's collateral damage there were people that got caught on process crimes and all this other stuff Manafort was working with the Podestas when he got you know when he committed his crimes so to me this is leading back to the other side well if I mean, Assange comes out and says the, how do you explain all the massive leaks that WikiLeaks wasn't responsible for well, like I said, even the ones they were responsible for, like I never came across any of that that I had not seen somewhere else already. It was more of like a, a central hub. And WikiLeaks is like re-reporting stuff they're getting from others. Like they're not really going in and hacking uh, emails and things. Like people are willingly leaking them information. But it's a good question you just had, though, if Mueller wasn't being uh, – if he wasn't doing the meeting for that position – now, why was he at the? What was he being? That's why was he at Trump Towers, right? That's what, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, there was because, again, they could, I've not if been, they have him on Uranium One, on my, I've been not, not been proven incorrect on my. It's assertion. plausible. It's I, it's uh it's just there's a you know you can say, well maybe he was there maybe they flipped him by using Uranium One and said you're working for us now because we have this over you. And there's a pardon a, waiting. There's a pardon waiting down the line for your ass. Mm-hmm. It's all all possible. I just deal. I try not to use speculation. Like even when it, you, you can have reasonable speculation, like look, all these things make sense and line up, but it's nothing concrete. It's like, well, what if? You know. Sure, but I, like I mean, there was there was a lot of things yeah. I think it's very concrete that we our guts. It can still be true. That. Yeah, it can, you don't have to have something concrete for it to be true. That kind of baits that larger question of like report it though for for my site, but just for my opinion, I'm, uh, yeah. I might think my just from my you know my own speculation. If we can go in there, I think that um, Assange is going to get to talk, and he is going to say this was leaked from the inside. It was not hacked by the Russians, and it would be a bombshell if it's Seth Rich, which I believe it was. But even if not, it's still going to be damaging as can be, because uh, they have hung or oh, they put all their eggs in one basket on this Russia BS. And they another part of that is they needed to sabotage any working relationship between Trump and Putin early on uh, because of Syria and other reasons. They didn't want mm-hmm. he made it almost impossible for him to have a good relationship with Russia because if he did anything good with them at all, it's ah oh, ha ha. See, it proves what right, we're saying. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. And we need a good relationship with Russia. Like, why not? We should be wiping out Al Qaeda together. And they basically ensured that that wasn't going to happen. Well, that, that's why it was so absurd when Trump it was the transition to getting into office. It's like he was speaking to Russians like, yeah, he was he was speaking to Russians. He was speaking to other foreign people. That's what you do when you transition into being president <laughs> of the United States. It was just what, what, what was normalcy, like you said, became like, like you said, mm-hmm. oh, you see, like, what? He's having they diplomatic relations with North Korea. What's the problem? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, he just came in like, I will. I'll do it. I'll talk to him. These international bankers clicks, they, you know, Putin threw a sizable chunk of oligarchs in prison or uh, or they fled the country to a, somewhere that didn't have an extradition treaty. But with when Boris Berezovsky died, 
a lot of his media empire went with it. Uh, and we have formation of RT and so on from that point forward. And yeah, I mean, Putin was sitting pretty. He got rid of a lot of oligarchs, turned his country around. Not completely. I mean, like the average salary in Russia is only like nine and a half thousand dollars. It's pretty abysmal. Uh, they've got economic problems, but they've been able to. Uh, when we tried to go into Georgia, they just straight up said, "You're not going to South Ossetia," and they used mm. the military, and they didn't back down an inch in their own backyard. I can tell you what, Ukraine's going to see the same thing. If they try and push it and add them to NATO or something, Russia's not going to stand for it. And they're never going to give up the Black Sea port. Remember, remember that incident a few months ago where um, Russia seized several uh, Ukrainian ships because yeah. one tugboat, but two were, were warships. So, like, you don't just go in unchecked into the Black Sea. Like, that's their border, basically. Like, you're not getting in. It's also part of the Maritime Silk Road. Uh, and so, <laughs> it's all talking up, like, oh, we're going to send our ships in there. And Russia's like, we're going to do the same thing. And they called their bluff out. But that's how close we got to a massive international incident. And right. Trump kind of like calmed that whole thing down, but he had to do it in a very clever way because any kind of any kind of like reasonable relationship with Russia, like let's not send NATO warships through their strait and test a game of chicken here. Uh, they're like, oh, yeah, you're Putin's puppet. Da, 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 da. I mean, that's some crazy, but there's a, there are factions around Trump and in the United States that want a hostile conflict with Russia. Like, that's insane. But that Hillary click, that's just what they want. Because, yeah, in the end, we'd win. And they don't care how many Americans or NATO forces would be sacrificed. They don't care. I mean, is, is it just that? Is it just Russia? Because, or, or is it also like the, the, the relationship between Russia and China now with the, you know, uh, China announcing its uh, Chinese Chuan and the whole, the whole, that the whole grand chessboard, the Eurasian dynamic, that power structure yeah. seems to be changing. Like you just said, the Silk Road, that one belt, one road, that uh, string of China, pearls, that maritime route. That, uh, is, is, isn't that changing? Isn't that changing China's the whole global? I'm behind Russia. I'm China's sorry. Way, way people can combine those two. Like Russia is a much bigger threat, but. China is stealing our well they're getting our technology Israel's giving it to them and they're reverse engineering planes and stuff and they, but anyway but Russia is uh, not only a threat to American military hegemony they are a threat to the media monopoly RT has be, RT America especially they were registered as a foreign agent even but that is a viable English news source now and they often go against the grind Look at the reporting that RT did on Julian Assange and everything the mass media, except for Tucker Carlson and a couple others, every other American media outlet did. I, I mean, mean I, 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 I definitely fuck with uh, RT, but it's like people who crit criticize them, like, what, that you're cool with Fox or MSNBC, you're saying it's, it's I mean, granted, yeah. RT is state run essentially, but yeah. State run, I, but it's better than what we got. But what it is, is it's not, our, it's, yeah, they're doing their own propaganda or whatever, but. It isn't ours. So it's a threat to our hegemony. Russian state media and Russian military is not under they're not under our boot. And so they wanna not they want that last, you know, bit of resistance out and who knows how bad it would get once that's done. And so you gotta support a balance. Like I'm not in favor of the Russian government or military or anything else. But I you know, it's just like in markets. I want options. 
I want competition because <laughs> you know what happens under Monopoly, right? So <laughs> he got to, he just, it's just, it's just being pragmatic, you know? And RT has done a lot of damage to the mass media because it can call them out immediately. RT can report, you know, and the truth. So, so you, know, you don't, you don't see, you don't see the one belt, one road locking down like the rail routes, the road routes, and the maritime routes throughout that basically whole Asian region. Any kind of threat or some kind of threat in the next, let's say, ten years, not uh, immediately. Well, but. China's trying to do the naval routes, but right now, without the Philippines, it we've got them boxed in, and then. In Africa, like they're actually giving Africans a slightly less crappy deal than the Europeans. So it's all, you know, because China is starved for uh, fossil fuel resources. They don't have much oil, coal, or gas. And they got to get so it. So they're not, somewhere. they're not mine. Dude, I heard back in the day, my old freaking college professor years and years ago said the Spratly Islands, right there in that South China Sea area, has the more island. oil than anything. Is that not. Is that, well, that's not China's, though. That's the problem for them. Well, that's that's I, what I'm saying. They're building those bases and supposedly trying to lock down that area. That's why I'm saying, like, yeah, long term, they, are they yeah, trying to lock it like, down? Remember, like, four years ago, it was all about Sankaku and, and, and Takashima. And all these, like, they didn't get any of those either. They're fighting with Japan about those islands. They're fighting with Taiwan. They're fighting with Malaysia, the Philippines, Vietnam. Like, China has been really stupid with the Spratly because they turned all of Indochina against them. Like... Which was hard to do. I mean, Indochina is not a big fan of. <laughs> I thought of that's the, what that whole ASEAN kind of thing was about. That association of Southeast Asian nations, and then China had their own little version of it. I thought that's kind of what they were trying to do yep. to lock that region down through like trade China, trade agreements. China's yeah, China's been such a bully that a lot like Vietnam is very close to Japan right now. Japan is the uh, the the biggest Asian resistance to China, like in their neighborhood, the strongest country. And they're not going to allow it. And the United States is out like, this is one side. I'm like, you think the U.S. is bad? It could get a lot worse if you put the Chinese on top. We see how they abuse their own people even. And they are building fake islands in Spratly, and they're declaring this island's ours and that island's ours. But what I've noticed is like with Takashima and Senkaku and stuff, they – would then like they'll do that for like three or four years and then it just appears and it's on to the next one. And it's just a lot of saber rattling to justify massive naval budgets on both sides for the US and China. They do the same thing with, with North Korea. Uh, they'll lob one or two missiles into the Sea of Japan and then suddenly all these contracts come through and more F 35s and so on to Okinawa and then suddenly the conflict goes away. China's and also being it, very smart, though, in my mind, by loaning out massive amounts of money to nations, and then as 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 payment with interest, they take their ports from them. And that, yep, they're taking their ports, and they're they're getting Haifa right now. Like Israel's offering China Haifa, and China needs that. They need what, it, to, just to explain know, to our lay listeners what is Haifa. It's a port in Israel. It's very important because I love how know, you said that. You go, it's a port. In Israel. <laughs> <laughs> well, like the of why the only way to get from the Red Sea to the Mediterranean is either the Suez Canal or via pipeline uh, through Israel. That's it. Libya, especially, that's not an option. Egypt, not an option. So um, the lines, um, of course, Libya is not adjacent to the Red Sea, but I'm talking about the pipelines. Those are all the bunks. So, so all you got is. 
the Suez, which is an expensive middleman, or the Israelis. And if they had Haifa on the, on the Med, you have a Chinese presence on the Mediterranean, which they really, really need. If you don't have ports, you really don't have any means of transporting things like oil and gas other than by line or the super expensive way by like a caravan of tanker trucks or something. Well, doesn't the Chinese, don't they run the Panama Canal in like a huge port in Long Beach or something? <laughs> it's... And they paid for it, yeah. Um, the China goes after what's called the maritime choking points. So the Suez, uh, the Strait of Hormuz, the Strait of the Black Sea, the Aden Strait, the Panama Canal, there, there's six major uh, choking points to um, the shipping lanes in the sea. And China is trying to buy its way in. But the people are like, oh, it's going to be the biggest influence of China. But the way I see it is global trade isn't a bad thing. Like Africans are actually getting out of poverty because of Chinese infrastructure. It's a win-win. Like China doesn't steal those resources. They buy them. And it helps bring those nations uh, up. I don't, I, not, I, not 100% true. They don't want them to debt. Hold on, Patrick. Well, what, what you got to say about What's that, Pat? No, I'm just saying not 100% true. I mean, we know that China has has funded and armed terrorist organizations to, you know, go across borders and destroy nations and things like that. I mean, uh, they, oh, put, yeah, they, you know, they helped put Mugabe in, in power. They were just, you know, butchering white they farmers. Attacked, left, right, yeah, they in, attacked, in Rhodesia. Um, well, Rhodesia and, and Cecil Rhodes and all that. Rhodesia had uh, more of an organic domestic corruption in Africa there when they were killing white farmers in Rhodesia, long before South Africa even, which is all the rage right now. That's still happening, by the way. Yeah, oh, yeah, big time. They're murdering black farmers, too. They're, um, and the thing is, they, they color it with all this racial stuff, which is not baloney. There's sincere racism there. But ultimately, it's uh, political factions are attacking landowners and redistributing it amongst its loyalists. But if you attack farmers, regardless of what color they are, and you don't replace them with other farmers— all you're going to end up with is mass shortages. Right. I mean, that's like handing that's like handing 500 acres over to me. I've never farmed in my life. I've got a I've got like seven tomato plants in my backyard. So give me 500 it, it, acres. Give me 500 acres. You're going to have the worst fucking corn crop. It, all you do is because you're Croatian, damn it. It's because you're Croatian. All you do is put like seeds in the sand or whatever. It doesn't like to to have business to scale is a very scientific, high skilled labor. Uh, skill. You can't just like, yeah, you'll grow some food if you just like put it in the dirt and water it or whatever, like your tomatoes in your yard. But if you do that to scale, you end up with a massive shortage. And people right. think, oh, farming, you just how easy. You just, you know, you plant some stuff and you wait. Well, not really. <laughs> until until your tractor breaks down and you don't know how to fix it. You have to be an engineer, a mechanic. You have to know, I mean, you have to know the soil. You have to know, you have to be you a meteorologist. You have to be a lot of things to be a farmer. Yeah, exactly. To farm, like, to farm okay, you have, you can farm enough to feed yourself and all that. But you, if you're going to have a surplus enough to feed commercial the Commercial farming, yeah. Talking about commercial farming, when you're feeding millions, you need GM. You need uh, a lot of skill, a lot of technical know-how. And it's across several different industries to be able to do this to the scale needed and they're just getting rid of these people and redistributing the land to whoever and they're also putting cash crops where food crops ought to be so they're growing you know rubber or tobacco or whatever and guess what you can't eat that and they're going to have shortages and it's like 
it's this horrible thing in South Africa because when you talk about the murder of these farmers and the redistribution of land to loyalists, it, the racial component of it is so sensitive that they're going, oh, yeah, well, didn't whites do all these bad things to black in South Africa? I'm like, yeah, how does that justify murdering farmers? It doesn't. But if you come out on that side, there's so many of these like white nationalist types that for or motivated for other reasons, they're just on Team Whitey or whatever, that they, they, they say the same thing. And it's like, guess what? In this particular incident, they're right. You can't go murder farmers, you know, whether it's racially motivated or any other motivation. You can't just go murder people. There's a but, lot of, yeah. I mean, I, look, I understand the anger, though, out of the, out of the South Africans. Well, I absolutely understand anger for, I get the whole picture. I understand why blacks are mad and why whites are mad. But the thing is, specifically, uh, they've been murdering farmers. They've been murdering farmers in the adjacent area. Like you mentioned, Rhodesia. This started in the 90s. They were killing farmers in Rhodesia. And look what happened. Right. They ended up with just right? So it's going to happen, even as advanced as South Africa is, which is more than landlocked countries in Rhodesia or anything. But they will pay the price down the line. And a lot of farmers are leaving, too. Like, if you're going to have the degree of racism where you're just going to be like, well, I mean, it's not legal or anything. Like you do, if they get caught trying to do that, they will get arrested or shot or whatever. But there have been government officials that have praised these acts of terrorism, and somehow justifying it with, "Well, you had an apartheid for so long. Well, two rights don't make wrong. You don't reverse it for you. Don't just have a different apartheid on a different team. How is that any different? It's not. But there's a lot of shit libs that will not stick up for white South Africans because in the past South Africans were racist so they don't want to be associated with that and just like someone calling them a name is enough to shut it down even though families are being burned alive and butchered it's insane on a ridiculous in you know in former Rhodesia I mean they they're literally begging the white farmers to come back because they can't grow anything I mean their their country obviously imploded with a, a, a million a million um, dollars over there is equal to one American dollar. It's you know the inflation, everything else. So they've 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 learned their lesson there. But in South Africa, they haven't learned it yet. Well, it's uh, common, and the other thing is like a lot of the domestic originally the black farmers, um, or the, you know the, of course Africans have been farming for centuries too, but they they migrate elsewhere, and a lot of it's because under these do-gooder foreign aid policies where they'll come in with the the ANC and the rest of them, and they'll give away food, you're taking away agency. because, Like, imagine if you had a shoe store, and I come next to you and just give away shoes. How long are you going to stay in the shoe business? Right. Not. Yeah. And if I'm giving away food and, and cash crops, et cetera, how are those farmers supposed to make a living and make enough money? You know, they're going to get out of that. And this is on purpose. They don't want them selling food. They're like, well, grow um, um, flowers instead. We'll make vegetable oil or whatever. Like, it, they, they don't want them making food. If you have food and water, you got them by the shorties. And a lot of the domestic African agriculture was destroyed, uh, whether it was intentional or, you know, or not. But these UN food programs and a lot of this aid and welfare actually wiped out African agency and then they end up selling the land and it usually goes to some European company on 99-year leases. And they flip it over and start digging for copper or whatever they want and doing anything right. other than growing food. And then uh, 
with white farmers are like, oh no, we're not, they're not doing it to us because they're part of the same Dutch companies and stuff usually. But in that we're talking about way back when, but they the only ones that have retained the know-how because a lot of the Africans have migrated out, and so uh, the colonists come in and they bring their tech with them and they're farming, and then they're getting physically pushed off, and you end up with them exactly like having to beg them to return because the remainder. Um, They've lost that skill and you don't have time to, you, you miss one year, you starve. Right. And this is, this happened in Northern Africa too. Like in Ethiopia, they had a sustained program of the churches and government industry and everything. You can adopt a kid and give them food and it sounded all great. It wiped out their agriculture and they had 2.5 million people starved to death from two in 2006 and seven. Like, that's in the modern times. Right. And, you know, welfare kills. I mean, that should be the lesson there. It's like teach people how to grow food. Don't just give them food. That's Well, that's we even talked about how, how odd it sounds compared to that comparison. It's, you know, people are getting sanctioned and, you know, fined for collecting rainwater. This frowning upon self-sufficiency globally appears to be um, systemic. And the... the, the Oh, the level of corruption in a lot of African governments. There are more regulations and higher taxes in Africa than anywhere in the world. Like, if you want to try to start up a business, forget about it. <laughs> and they think, well, oh, we have it's this liberal fantasy. It's like this where they have their playground. Well, let's have really high taxes and then have the government redistribute stuff to the populace. Well, of course, they don't. They just redistribute to their own little cliques at the expense right. of the populace. Yes. And it's just you know, more starvation and depravity, uh, except for the coastal cities, you know, they look like any other coastal city. They're thriving skyscrapers and doing business on the trade. But as you go inland, it falls apart completely. But the coastal are is international. That's why, but, you know, it's just, it's almost unfixable. And because when you oppose foreign aid, when you're trying to be like, let's stop giving food to Africans, People think you're the most horrible person in the world, but you got to explain that. Well, in the long run, like, yeah, in immediate cases, send food aid, but that's not what we actually do. We're sending food with conditions and you never get to that point in the argument to start explaining the specifics of that and how a lot of it's not even given. It's loaned. Uh, they'll get a giant loan from the IMF to buy food that was exported from Africa, sold back to Africa through don a loan that is uh, predatory lending to drive them in yes. debt on purpose. Right, right. So yeah. that they have to sell. What do they have? What has intrinsic value? Assets, right? They have to sell their what? Their land in order to pay off the loan. Well, this this is the very same dynamic like John John Perkins talks about, yep. like Diary of an Economic Hitman, and how they implode countries through these IMF loans, et cetera. It's crazy. So they're, they have to go into debt to buy back food that was exported from their own country. And the only way, they have two ways of paying off the debt, rapid inflation or selling off land. They sell off land and what happens? That land doesn't go to food crops. It goes to cash crops and other um, finding metals and minerals and so yeah, on. Yeah, big holes in the ground. So, yep, big and <laughs> big, big holes. holes. Look at Zambia. It's a giant copper mine. I mean, if you look at it on the map, it's just a big copper mine. And, uh, yeah, I mean, but China is interested in getting fossil fuels and they're, they're not, 
they they need that so desperately, and the distance is enough that they they need the ports, et cetera, that they're willing to give the Africans a slightly less bad deal, not a good deal, than the Europeans. Mm-hmm. That competition has been good for Africans, but they, but don't be delusional. China doesn't care. They just know they got to get offer something a little bit better than the competitors. But most of these African states, like. Gosh, it's they're just catching it from both sides. They're caught in a big tug of war between the West and China. They're getting mm-hmm. a bad deal from both, and the domestic corruption because a lot of the leaders, you know, is like John Perkins said, you want the the wallet or the gun. You get that deal, right? And they go, they pick the wallet. I mean, and that's that's really part of the, that real time yeah. dynamic is playing out like right before. It's like this 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 shit. I I, I don't know. Is 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 it moving towards oh, the shift towards Eurasia, towards China, towards Russia? You gotta, you know, not to not to interrupt. You 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 can't forget Canada. Canada gets forgotten in all of this, and the and the pillaging they're doing in Africa and the mining. I mean, they they're sucking like thirty one, thirty two billion dollars a year in mining assets out of Africa as a whole. They're all over the country, and so don't don't let uh, Trudeau's uh, country go to waste in this discussion. Canada is very much in. Uh minerals and jewels and they're they're every bit as guilty as a lot of these but and, glenn Carter, and all those people out there that love their electric cars with those lithium batteries remember the slave labor of the little kids over there in the african mines that are digging that shit out of the ground yeah, we don't we didn't want to think about that nope. part well, no there's a lot of metals i'm glad japan found that cachet of uh, rare earth metals but they've been digging around not for rare earth but just rare metals out of africa and uh, Canada is very much part of it. The biggest culprit, though, is this commodities company called Glencore. And, um, you know, it's your neutral Swiss, right? And it was a Mark Rich company. He's in the ground now, but this is a guy who was a he worked Mark for Mark Rich, one of Clinton's guys, right? Well, Clinton gave him a pardon. Yeah. Denise, Denise Rich financed Hillary's Senate run. <laughs> As, while her husband or ex husband was on Interpol's Most Wanted. Uh, <laughs> Go figure. Sh- yeah. Lord. Then there's the New Square scandal. That's another story. But yeah, but you know, there's a lot. There are a lot of liberals that they don't see this whole John Perkins scenario happening in Africa. They honestly think uh, the reason Africa's poor is, you know, we can't say this, but Africans just they're just too dumb. They can't do right. it themselves. Right. Of course. And that's why we have to go in and give them loans and help them because they can't do it themselves. It's the the racism of low expectations, you know, and the, the racism of lower expectations, ladies and gentlemen. Go and ahead, they, they honestly think like, oh, these black people, they can't do it. They don't know how to do this and that. And like, yes, they do. And we're doing it before you got there. But it's the, you can destroy any you can do an economic jackal style takedown of wherever. It doesn't matter what color they are. You see it in Latin America. You see it it's in everywhere. Asia, yeah. Hell yeah. You see it in Eastern Europe. You see wherever. It doesn't matter. Like you're. That whole biological deterministic stuff like bothers me. I just had an argument with people. Like, well, that even played get... into the whole arrest of Assange, supposedly. Right. Uh, the country of Ecuador supposedly had just acquired a four-point-something billion-dollar loan from yep. the IMF, which facilitated exactly. the handing over of Assange. I don't know if I haven't... Well, yeah, that's why I said that on Red Elephants the other day. But I, I think Daniel McAdams and the Ron Paul Institute were talking about that, too. But now it's come out that... Like, yeah, that was a bribe. Like, they got that was conditional for Assange. So that wasn't like, oh, look at this coincidence that everybody knows what it is. Like, they're not even 
hiding it now. And also, That's what I say. Uh, the globalists have kicked into high gear. They're desperate. They're desperate. They're, they're, they're doing anything stuck. they can and being obvious and don't give a shit because they know they're they know they're on the ropes right now. You know what though? They're overplaying their hand. Oh yeah. Now does this? And, and I've I've they seen they were overplaying I've, their hands before the election for abs. <laughs> like you just said, all the percentage of like there's like no way Trump will win. What are your thoughts? And I've heard this conversation, and Pat and I have had this conversation. We've talked about it since this certain side of this uh, chess game is losing the likelihood of false flags, like of any type, like even today what we saw in Notre Dame, well, whatever. What, do you, what are your thoughts on that since this, you know? False flags get bigger. Well, the more the more desperate they get and the sloppier they get, this is this is every time there is pressure like Syria is about to win territory, they go, oh, look, let's have the white helmet stage another gas attack. Another and they will go in attack. there. Yeah, they're completely <laughs> Um. They need you to look the like they gotta get something like when Russia Gate fell through with Mueller, they had to bring it back somehow. So they go after Assange. But that that's just an even bigger mistake. Because what if he comes home and says, "Yeah, Seth Rich, now what?" That's what's gonna happen, yeah. man. I'm yeah. telling you. Well, it's, it's if coming. that happens, what do they gotta do? They gotta start a war or blow up a building. They gotta have something big. Notre Dame, and, uh, Notre Dame Cathedral catches on fire. Al Aqsa Mosque catches on fire. It's all. I didn't even know about the Al Aqsa. The timing. Yeah. Yeah, man, that was something um, that I've discussed before, too, is like they're going to have to in tandem. Well, not have to, but what probably we do in tandem with the mosque is they'd have to hit a prominent Christian area as well. And one I of the there are massive, thing. massive attacks coming in Europe that will. Uh, well, this is Easter. I this mean, is about to roll into Easter weekend, too. So you cannot forget that's that going to be ugly, religious man. prominence it's going to be ugly. There there's yes. there's been intelligence uncovered that there are are huge attacks plan. I'm talking nothing we've ever seen before level stuff that's coming. So be prepared. They, and they, you know, what happened in New Zealand and I can't, I'm kind of tiptoe on this cause this will get you yanked off YouTube and everything else. Cause you're not allowed to talk about New Zealand apparently, but, um, or Nipsey Hussle, that apparently. incident is going to serve for a lot of, um, you know, Muslims that watch that happen are angry and, and it's right. easy to recruit these kind of young kids and you need, you needed something like that to happen or, or you could just be taking advantage of a crisis. Either way you want to look at it, but well, regardless, the results going to be the same. We're, you're gonna we're have... people, Ryan, we're, we're people who have, have dug into this stuff for a long time and we have to, you know, we have to at least mention to people who, no matter what religion you are, you've got to at least entertain what we're talking about, and how this is being how this is being facilitated and fabricated out of thin air. Um, of course, you know the the deliberate you know uh, pitting of religions against each other is a yeah is a, is a is a massive undertaking by the media and the globalists that have been doing this for a long time. And what I would say to anyone who's who's a Muslim out there, or anyone who's an angry uh, you know on either side a Christian a Jew, anything like that, with, with a level head saying, man, here's here's the thing that they want us to do. They want me, as a law-abiding citizen, to get pissed off and pick up my guns and go kill some kill some innocent Muslims. And that's, mm -hmm. that's the worst thing that we can do right now. And that's the thing that I'm trying to remind everybody of is, listen, man, <clears throat> you got you got to you got to let things uh, play out here with what Trump's doing, whether you like him or not, he's going after some very, very, very evil, very bad people in my mind. 
and Jeff believes that it's one gang, one gang family taking out another gang family. Look, in my mind, and as Ryan mentioned, I'm okay with this gang family that's taken over. I right now I'm okay with it because they they did they did um, un, you know defund the the programs that were funding ISIS. They did yep. stop that bullshit. You know, so you got to say to yourself, if you're on the uh, Muslim side of the of the coin, saying, all right, listen, they actually defunded. A, a psychotic movement in Syria. Assad's not—he's not—he's not an angel, but it's a hell of a lot better than ISIS taking over. Um, yep. So, so people need to have cooler, calmer heads. And I've got you know a lot of friends. I'm telling you right now, I've got a lot of friends, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands, of, of veterans, and many of whom are former Tier One level guys who are former SEALs, former uh, Rangers, former Delta. These guys, you know, when they talk about you know, blue helmets coming into the the country or uh, martial law being uh, put in place in the United States and National Guard being distributed everywhere uh, to control the crowd. You know, when these guys talk, they're like, do you realize I could take out an entire unit of National Guard by myself? I mean, it's it's they're not even remotely joking around or stretching, you know, mm-hmm. so so this is how scary these guys are. We do not want this to kick off because once it kicks off, that you don't want the you don't want these boys pissed off. It, you, we just don't want it to happen. Well, it does seem like they would plan false flags across Europe. This is the most it's the softest target, right? And, and false flags that here. Going. Well, that's what's been going the, on big the in Europe. Game, the end game is get the guns. Period. They want they've got to get the guns. If they don't get the guns from the Americans, they they can never totally take over, right? Well, that's, that's why it's harder to pull off in the U.S. You need to like instantly blow up a building or I'm something saying. because they people do have they guns. Want a guy like me, they want a guy like me to pick up my guns and go kill some innocent Muslims who didn't do anything to me. I just they want to freak everybody out with false flags and and cause this this clash of civilizations on purpose. You and, guys know about the Frankfurt School? Absolutely. We we yep. did a show on that actually. Good, and that's you know they turn in men against let's go, women. Let's talk about that. Straight. Let's talk about the Frankfurt School because most even current day educators who have been brainwashed into that line of thought have no idea about the history of where it came from. They have no idea. They think it's they think it's the correct way to think, but they have no idea why it even started and where it came from. Mm-hmm. You know, so and- let's talk about those speeches that happened in the United States. Let's talk about the the changing of the minds of our educators and, and that poison, that toxin that got with And that them. was the, the target of this, you know, malignant philosophy, this if was our universities. Right. They knew if you could get the universities, the universities are kind of they kind of predicate what mass media narrative's gonna be. That's the poison that has now led to, you know, at an American ref uh, university the of the nuclear Candace family. Owens where Candace Owens is going to speak and she's trying to get, you know, just just these black college students to go and listen to her speak because these kids are getting co-opted by white liberals who are fucking off their rocker insane. Them the these, these Antifa freaks who are losing their minds and they're screaming that that Candace Owens is a racist and and you know <laughs> be, because she somehow supports the the constitutional way of thinking that she is now an Uncle Tom or Tomasita, if you want to call her, and 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 she's sitting there trying to have this conversation with these young black students in the mm-hmm. park, 
and, and she was playing there being air horns and... this crowd of Antifa is ready to attack her and they they don't want them to speak and she's having to get right up next to them and talk in their ear because these Antifa right. weirdos are playing these horns as just noisemakers like you couldn't get any closer to acting like monkeys did like they're just her, sitting there making noise dismantle? did you see her dismantle that that lady the white uh, liberal news anchor on on tv <laughs> yes and i saw the hearing that she, they had yeah, on yeah the, she went uh, after the alleged rise of white nationalism like where what are you that's, talking about all this is is <laughs> this is a this is their ploy to make all white people embarrassed to be a constitutionalist and and support the United States of America is what it is. And I just throw it right back in their face and tell them to piss off because it, it's an obvious, you have to be a complete, I'm just going to say it because the word retard has been redefined. You're, that doesn't mean you're, you're mentally handicapped. That means you have all your faculties and you're an idiot, right? Yeah, yeah. So these, these people, it. these people are trying to use white, the term white nationalist. And I just look at people and I go, Look, I'm a nationalist, and I happen to be white. Okay? Yeah, there's a lot of nationalists. Not, that's who not ethno nationalism, black, though. A lot of nationalists <laughs> who happen to be Latino. Okay, I'm I'm a nationalist who happens to be white, and if you want to call me a white nationalist, you know, go ahead. But there's what five thousand Ku Klux Klan members left in this country, and it's shrinking all the time. That's it's these people are so desperate. It's it's disgusting. Oh yeah, I mean, if someone uses the N word like Nazi. The person who gets accused of being a Nazi <laughs> loses their job. If you use the other N-word, the person using that word loses their job. Nigga, I mean, it's definitely please. not a rise of white nationalism. Yeah. So they say this to try to get different factions to fight with each other. They right. want It's the Frankfurt School. They want blacks and whites to fight, gays and straight to fight, men exactly. and women to fight. Exactly. And I even say boomer millennial to fight. Like they're even trying to get different age groups to conflict with each other that's a new one that that didn't really prominently exist until a few years ago right it, like it wasn't do, it wasn't do, do, do you thing. think in any way shape form or fashion because we've all talked about it a possible are they doing this are they firing away on all these different cylinders of you know race politics you know religion to create some kind of civil unrest civil war part two i know well, the, that you know what to the throw beast that term goes out down there. with a bang not a whimper what's that uh, I said the beast goes down with a bang, not a whimper. Mm. They're desperate and they're flailing out in every direction. And a lot of it, that's why a lot of people are calling it clown world or whatever, because it's getting so ridiculous when you call calling Candace Owens a white supremacist or whatever. It's and, insane. Uh, yeah, these people are bad. You know, well, this, I mean, honest, it, it reminds me of what it's, Kanye it's, West, the flack he got. I mean, I didn't, Kanye West I clearly has whatever issues. I mean, he's still, I, I like his music or whatever. But when he was talking about kind of the mental disengagement from this kind of this program that's been set up to keep, you know, this thought process of you know keeping black folks always Democrat and not even trying to trying to hear any kind of uh, anything from the other side because otherwise, like Pat said, you're a sellout, et cetera, et cetera. It's like it's so intellectually you're whitewashed. Just, yeah, yeah. It's it's not even no one even wants to try to think. They want the shortcuts. The, of thinking the left, the cry bullies, like I, I like to call them, the cry bullies. They use a bully tactic and they try to rope everyone into identitarian politics. So like, oh, you're this biological group, so you're, you you yes. have to think like this. 
And it amazes me. I said this in Sam's show too, but when someone says the black community, blah blah blah, and I'm just thinking, really, all of them? Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> or the LGBT community, they, or whatever. They see it, Jeff. It, Jeff is obviously Jeff is obviously middle of the road because, well, you know, he's half and half. You know, right? Jeff? I'm a human being first, Pat. Why are you so preoccupied <laughs> preoccupied with you my know, goddamn race? All, all white people. All white Hi, people. Jeff are, of course, GOP, and all black people are, of course, Democrats. I mean, it just makes perfect sense. But but it leads to the whole larger discussion. <laughs> you, you need to divide people on those levels. The moment you start, like, well, we're all just kind of human beings as we see in these uh, situations of crisis, et cetera, big floods. You don't see just GOP people trying to get people out of flooded situations or whatever. It, you know I mean? We, we tend to transcend just, that. There are a lot of identitarians. I'm so, okay, I'm, so, else is- I'm so disgusted, though, by... What it's what it's it to to look at it and just try to compute it in my brain when I see white people holding up signs that say like exterminate white people, <laughs> like and 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 whiteness, you know, and all this and it's like, dude, come on, we were kind of born it, this way. We really didn't. Well, have but no it's an extension of what you were saying, Ryan. They, it's all about group stuff, man. And it's the See, and the, the, the weird thing is, it's like the last thing you get judged as as an individual human being that just happens right, to be X Y Z. You're no longer an individual if you say or whatever. You're a part of this huge group, and that's the best way to play us off against each other. And it's been yeah, wickedly it's brilliant. The same, it's the kind of horseshoe thing because the. Uh, the the very few I don't want to point out like racists there are and also the militantly anti-racists are usually also racist because they're racist to whites and that's racism too but they all think collectively they're identitarian whether they attribute atrocity to race or accomplishment to race whereas a lot of you know those the classic racist line is oh uh, Europe has a disproportionate amount of innovation and in this and that or in technology and science and something so I'm like no 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 Free markets are conducive to innovation, not biology. Like the right. exact same area doesn't do as well under a different system. Or look at North and South Korea. You got a biologically the same, same language, and it's night and day as far as accomplishment goes. And the other side will blame atrocity on biology. So let's say whites made slavery, or whites killed the Indians, or whites did that. I'm like, this is not some part of whiteness the irish didn't do hey, it the, hey, it's Jeff, part yeah. government right? jeff you and i need to make a music video dude and it's going to be on the dr pepper um commercial <laughs> theme it's going to go something like i'm a racist you're a racist he's a racist she's a racist wouldn't you like to be a racist too <laughs> i would so much rather do a reenactment of the sneeches dude do you remember the sneeches were the Sneeches, they were all Sneeches, the Dr. Seuss story. They were all Sneeches, yeah. but one had stars and one had one didn't have stars. And they the one with stars like totally clown. The other one's like, you starless motherfucker, get away from me. And then this, <laughs> du- and then this dude came in who like paid people to like, hey, man, if you just give me some money, I'll help you get a star. And then it came, became this weird cycle of everyone off and on star until they didn't have any money. And then they realized, like, we're all just Sneeches, motherfucker. The uh, Gulliver's yeah. Travels. Well, we open the egg on this side. Well, we do it on the other side, you weirdo. <laughs> each other, <laughs> but it works. Like in the in the Middle East, they use religion, and in, in the West, they'll use it's race. Everywhere. Why is and it so effective? Why is that? Is that something just inherent to human beings? Like, of course, we we were kind of tribal, et cetera, et cetera. But why have we allowed so hardcore? How is extreme tribalism so effective now? 
Why have we allowed our tribe media. to define our media? media, the media press. I think it's founders. it doesn't work as well as you assume. It just appears to because that's what gets the camera. Like almost everyone I know is not racist and also doesn't hate whites either. It's it's just this weird faction of maybe like forty antifa. They usually have to bus them in from other cities <laughs> to make it look like a presence, you know, who are all saying kill whitey, this and that. And then the other side of, of people of like white separatists and all, they're so few in number you know their names. You know, so it's like and I'm not gonna say their names, I'm not gonna give any you know, props to that crowd either, but like it's just silly. It's clown world. Like the bulk of the nation is it, it doesn't fall for that. But they're trying as hard as they can to to make it appear like that. Like my friends were just in New Zealand and and they were asking us like, you know, what you know, if you're a black person in America, are you just like afraid cops are gonna shoot you at any moment and stuff? Because that's right. how the press makes America look. Right. Like, no. You go to school together, play sports together. It's not, no one's like. That, that, that's not to say every cop is officer friendly, but exactly. Oh, no, no, the no. the, the like, narrative shoot, is. Some cops will shoot whoever, but like, you know, generally it's not like a daily thing where, you know, right. there's racial crime all the time everywhere or something. The clans around every corner. But that's what the press makes it look like. I had a friend from Australia in L.A. He's like, hey, and he was wearing a keffiyeh, like a. And he's like, what happened if I wore this like on Venice? I'm like, nothing. <laughs> like, no one would even care or notice or probably even know what it is. Right. But in their mind, they think like, oh, we all hate Muslims and black people fear for their lives. I'm like, yeah, no, it's, that's, uh, who was it? That's was not America. Friend? Like that's right, the, friend, that's Hollywood. Yeah, a friend of mine was just I, I can't remember whether they were Guatemala or something. They visited down there and uh just they said that everywhere they went the people that lived there were asking and they were saying things like black people actually have jobs in America. Like they, yeah. Lord, it's sweet. Mary and Joseph. But that's how the media plays America's like, I mean, honestly, when you, I mean, that's how college kids are. Like people have never been in a, gotten a real job, like trust fan bunny babies. Oh, for sure. Like they don't, they live in such a bubble that they're also just watching the TV and stuff, and they're as ignorant as the person from New Zealand or Guatemala or whatever that thinks like, yeah, like Hollywood. I they live in a bubble all the time. Lives in the bubble. Because I'm, understand. I'm from the South, so they're like, oh my God, you're from North Carolina. I'm like, yes, and they're like, oh, so do you hate niggers and stuff? And like, I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm like, no. And it isn't like that. They're like, well, it's the South, right? So y'all like really hate gays and this and that. I'm like, no, not at all. It's not like that at all. Have you been there? And But that's what they see in Hollywood, you know? Like, so even worse than just the United States getting that reputation, the Southern part of the United States is like, wow, it's just uh, people <laughs> walking around with guns on their hips and cowboy hats and stuff, you know? So I'm like, no, I've never seen that. It's, I mean, it's so that, weird. If we could transcend all that bullshit, I mean, we say it all the time on the show, man. And we just see it normally. Like I said, so much, so much of this is so contrived. We have so much more than we have in common than we do different, man. If you were oh to get God. people who think they would like, no, I don't want to go over there. If you were to just get them together for a barbecue, pop a beer, just hang out or whatever, just chat. I mean, everyone wants to protect their kids. Everyone wants to just like live a good, fruitful life. I mean, they... I had friends from Los Angeles, which is not like the boonies or anything. I had friends from Los Angeles. They went to Mississippi to shoot a film. I think they went to Jacksonville or something. And uh, and they, I was like, how was it? And they're like, it was like a real city. I was like, of course. 
what did you think it was gonna be like? <laughs> Tumbleweeds wow. and hillbillies playing the banjo or something? I'm like, right. yes, Mississippi has cities, yes, and they have Starbucks and all the same stuff, you know, that I've you find a, in I've LA. A, I've got a couple. They were th- shocked. I've got a couple things to add to that. Well, first off, um, uh, Jim Acosta just won Truth to Power uh, award for his honest media. Sweet uh, Mary and Joseph. And, uh, and then listen to this. This is a, a friend of mine who has been an actor and a stunt person for a long time. He was also a mixed martial arts fighter <clears throat> and also a professional wrestler. He's a great guy. He goes, you're going to love this uh, story of diversity and PC fuckwits shooting themselves in the foot. He goes, um, he goes, a uh, black buddy of mine who has a family to feed recently booked a lucrative stunt actor gig on a new I'm not going to say the show, which is produced, hosted by um, director, producer. I'm not going to say the name. It's a big name. A known vocal and aggressive diversity advocate, especially for the black community. But on the night before the shoot, I get a panicked call to check my availability for the same role as my buddy has been ousted at the very last minute. Turns out that a member of the production team asked the stunt coordinator the question of who was playing the character of I'm not going to say the name, who carjacks the show's white protagonist. When he found out my buddy was black, he said, oh, no, he's African-American. This won't do. So in the name of political correctness and not portraying a black guy as a carjacker, they took thousands of dollars. They took thousands of dollars out of my friend's pocket, the black family man, who and gave it to my white lily ass. He goes, in the words of a successful black actor I told this story to, this is what happens when white people try to protect black people without asking black people first. He goes, people of all colors are so up their own asses, it's mind-blowing. That's what's going on in this world. Hollywood. That's, that's Hollywood. And Hollywood is that little Silicon Valley bubble is ultra-liberal, and they they don't <clears throat> notice that. Like, they don't, like, oh, you know what? That guy's not going to get paid now because you don't want this particular scene to come off this way, whatever, because you're afraid of each other pointing fingers at one another going, right, oh, right. you got a black guy jacking a car? What do you say? It all black people jack cars right. or something? You know? I'm like, oh, get over it. It's it's, it's carjacking. It's, it's fake. It's fiction anyway, so whatever. And, yeah, sometimes black people do jack cars, so whatever. <laughs> just have them jack and, the and car. And, and you if you like, cast it as a white person, like, man, why don't you just cast it how you know you really is, you know? You know fucking brothers be jacking cars and shit. I don't know the stats on jacking cars, but I don't all either. they did is take money out of somebody's pocket. That's all they did. <laughs> yeah, so that's... And it's, it's, like, it's like, oh, we want to portray the white guy jacking a car. So, like, why? Oh, so, you know, whatever. It's interesting. Maybe weird. he was maybe he was a redhead. I don't know. Political, All right, political correctness. <laughs> Listen, we have kept you a minute, but we cannot let you slide. All right, so we have to let everybody know if we didn't let you know earlier. Uh, my man Ryan is in Japan, and what was it? 2011. It was a long time ago. There was a huge, huge oh, earthquake, yeah. earthquake and tsunami exactly. that hit, and the March 11th, 2011. Martha, yeah, there you go, right there. Um, and so. There's been all this conjecture on what actually has occurred from these supposed leakages from these Fukushima Daiichi facilities. What's going on? Has it tainted completely the Pacific Ocean? What the hell's going on over there, dude? Yeah, I've heard all the stories. And uh, another guy that lived in lives in Japan, James Corbett, and myself did a big debunking on Fukushima. Yes. Shout out the, to the uh, Corbett. What's up, brother? Yep. We did a... Um, 
that's not on YouTube anymore because all I have two strikes on YouTube, so I have all like ninety percent of my videos are private. But after May twenty second, it'll be re released. But <laughs> that's <laughs> way good. That well, boy. I, I just put them all private. I'm like, yeah, I'll just private all my videos so they can't SPLC can't mess with me for a while. But um, this all these stories came out and Melonhead and a lot of them promoted this junk saying it's worse than <laughs> Chernobyl and. <laughs> There's radiation going to California, and they took a wave map, an Australian uh, meteorological map of the waves, like a water, because uh, it was a tsunami, and said it was radiation. I'm like, isn't it interesting that all these colors stop wherever there's land? Because <laughs> there's no water, there's no wave. They changed wave and wrote radiation on it, and then all the kook sites ran with that. It was not a radiation map, and there's no radiation reaching California. Some idiot YouTuber had like was standing on thorium and and got a higher reading than he thought, and assumed, well, this must be radiation from Japan, and they all ran with that, like Chicken Little. So what's going um, on at the actual facility, though? Like, is that thing locked down, or is that? I mean, it's been years, but a, yeah, they've had to clean up Fukushima itself, of course. I mean, they had that whole. You have to understand what's the level uh, of contamination in that area. Oh, over 20,000 people died from a tidal wave. That's the real tragedy. And and so did farm animals and everything else. And then to be cautious, of course, there was no fission reactions. It wasn't like Chernobyl that blew up and scattered radioactive material all over Russia. Okay. <clears throat> what happened was some of these spent fuel rods, <clears throat> which were stupidly housed right above because of TEPCO, uh, got cracked. And so um, that was leaking. <clears throat> and so what they did was you have to cool these down. And there's really no other way than massive amounts of water. So they were putting some of this uh, radioactive water in the ocean. But you got to understand the parts per million that we're talking about. They're like, you put radioactive water in the ocean, all the fish are going to die. I'm like, no, they're putting so little in per day. It's like, I think it was the, like, 756,000 bananas or something. That would be like the equivalent of what was going in. It's not creating three-eyed fish or any of that. There isn't radiation in California. There's in, not even radiation in Tokyo. And I put out a $1,000 challenge to people and offered to pay for their flight if they came over here with their own Geiger counter and found levels of radiation. And a guy from Germany actually did it. Went to Tokyo, went to Osaka, had dinner with him. Of course, he didn't find anything because there isn't anything. And before somebody spazzes out, that's because the government's covering it up. You can't. You physically can't cover up radiation. It's made out of light. <laughs> right. Everything. Um, it isn't there you, because it isn't fucking there. Like, there is no radiation. They're not faking the readings or whatever. You can come over and do it yourself. It's not leaking radiation. They had a problem, but it's not like the way the doomsdayer cults, the fear porn channels wanted to turn Fukushima into this huge ordeal so they could sell iodine and nuclear prepper gear and all the rest. <laughs> sell iodine. <laughs> Alex Jones was right away. He's like, well, you can protect your thyroid. Like bone this. broth. Da, 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 da. Limited supply of bone broth, ladies and gentlemen. See? The Illuminati, the Luciferian lizard people are here with their alien infant DMT, da, 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 whatever. And uh, <laughs> that guy, I mean, he, he fucking said that. He was like, the, the Nazis were communicating with uh, 
alien elf clockwork elves or whatever using DMT to build secret spaceships. What are, you, what are your thoughts? I know you. I know you saw it. What are your thoughts on Alex Jones on that's Joe Rogan? Out cur- that's him throwing out curveball, so he doesn't get so the the lawsuit doesn't 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 work on him for that sandy hook stuff he's going he's going like full retard so that he's like well obviously i'm just out of my mind no one would believe me and that'll help him with sandy hook you're right Right. you you saw him on joe says really outlandish shit because he's a he ain't that bright for one but what he does is he's a disinformation professional he'll say something he'll like say something without any detail like Operation Northwoods or you know Building 7 or something like that and then in the same breath talk about well, isn't that the whole rip with like miss or disinfo cat I mean not to say he is because I don't fucking know the guy but I mean they, they say like 95% of real shit and then like 5 to 2.5 or whatever is no, some weird says opposite 5% true 95% bullshit right and so what happens is like he'll talk about 9-11 non-stop and then say Sandy Hook is fake and then it's like, I'll say something about 9-11. They go, oh, you think school shootings are fake too? Because of Alex. Like he is, he's created a tar baby out of 9-11. Like, I, I've done a lot of work on 9-11. You see Empire Mass. I explained what happened. And I didn't have to go into cuckoo land or speculation. Right. Um, and that narrative, it's, it's starting to, to gain some ground. But it's taken 18 years because of the stigma created around 9-11 by Alex Jones. Because he would all he talks about is physics and stuff. He doesn't get into who did it or why or any of the documentation we have. He just says, you know, Building 7 was announced on BBC before it had fallen, and blah, 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 which is true. And then on top of that, Luciferian, globalist, airborne Ebola, Fukushima, da 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 There's nothing going on with Fukushima. It's not leaking radiation. Japan's perfectly safe, and I live here. So I'm putting my money where my mouth is. My kids live here. How far are you from where that happened? Not to say that that... that... I'm in Osaka, but if I wasn't... If it's going to California, I would definitely reach Osaka. I mean, it's just... Right, 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 right. You know, speed of lights. It would have been here instantly. Uh, it's not like it matters. It's like, oh, how many miles? We're talking about radiation, right? Well, that's, <laughs> that's it, yeah. That catches up with you quick. It's, it's right here, right now. Like, it's faster than you could say it. So, no, it's not. There's, I definitely, I just had a baby, too. Like, we would not live in Japan if I wasn't 1,000% sure that it was safe. Uh, yeah, I'm sure a great many right? would have done the mass test. exodus. Right, you can physically test it. It just... The fear porn ran with that, and they just figured it's over there. And well, well, anytime you hear radiation in an uncontained nuclear reactors, I mean, that just I mean, shit. You don't have to be a radiologist or whatever the term is to be to have some level of alarm. There's a one thousand once in a thousand year tidal wave where most earthquakes are side to side, and this was what was a vertical earthquake where things move up and down. That's what causes tidal waves, and that's what you know. Amazingly, quite Japan is so earthquake proof with its building design that nothing fell. And right. this was a ten, you know, that they only go up to seven on the Japanese scale. That'd be a, a ten on the Richter. Some scale, of that video like, though that, was pretty disturbing, man. Some of that cat's just you like, can do about. I mean, if make massive water comes, you need superheroes or something. Like, there's yeah. nothing. Our current technology. You actually want to be you want to be out to sea when it hits. 
that would be anything better than right. Is that true? Is that better to be out there? Like Absolutely. at least get over the yeah. Because the wave, the wave grows as it co- goes, uh, gets closer. If you get to in land. for it, like any surfer can tell you this too. If you for sure, it doesn't matter how big the bump is. If it's not breaking, you just slowly go up and go back down. But like right. you, the size too. Like if it's thirty-three feet high or ten feet high, it's not the height of the wave. It's how fast it's moving forward. That gives you more of the force. That's as well. how far it goes in more inland. Yeah, for sure. Land, it's all going to even out anyway, but it ruined farmland, houses, schools. I saw the saddest thing. I didn't look inside, but there was a school bus, and you know, everybody on there had drowned. Yeah. And there were bodies washing up on the beach like days afterward, <clears throat> just wearing their clothing and all that. Just, it was. I feel like still not not over it, like the shit we saw. <clears throat> and it's um, crazy. We had I had a relative on my wife's side, who was a uh, a doctor, and he ended up killing himself because he couldn't deal with all the. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. It's, it's it's it was like I mean tens of thousands of people were died dead in instant, and then so many were missing. And there was a lot of psychological trauma. People were like, you know, kid, like kids died. Like just whole schools got wiped out. And anyway, everyone knows somebody that was in either Ibaraki or Fukushima, the two areas they hit the most. And and they, the whole nation, like nobody looted. You know, right. that didn't happen. Everybody knew how it was so bad. So many people died so quickly, and and then it took a long time to reach people who were missing because uh, you know there was no the electricity was off, and then others were cutting it off on purpose to conserve power and all that. But what really pisses me off about the doomsday people is not only did they detract from the very real tragedy of the tidal wave for this nonsense about radiation hitting California and the starfish are dying. Which they quoted from a 2008 article. I'm like, oh, really? Did the radiation go back in time and wipe out the starfish three years before the earthquake? But um, there was a lot of wasted money in uh, charities and scandals with TEPCO where they paid like affluent students in New York to come have a five-star hotel vacation in Japan where they just went around and... Yeah, they visited a couple of sites. It's basically it was a huge, just tourism trip for rich kids in America to come over to Japan and play, and then they sing a song or something, and like at a high school, whatever, and say something about Fukushima for about ten minutes, and then they just went around on a, a giant tour of Japan. They went on a, their own decked out bus that was better than my house, and they stayed at five star hotels and. All this money was paid for through under the under the auspice of Fukushima, and Man. just ton money got wasted on BS like that. And we were trying to report on it uh, because there were still people sleeping in gymnasiums and stuff, and so much of this money got soaked up because people were like, "Well, I want to give the charity for Fukushima. It's horrible." But that's exactly when all the leeches come out, too, unfortunately. These fucking soulless sons of bitches that use a crisis like Fukushima to pump up their charity, and then they spend it on utter BS that didn't help anybody with Fukushima at all. And that's what should have been taught, been 
focused on instead of uh, this BS like, you know, radiation wiping out starfish back in time or whatever. Uh, yeah. Part of the reason the Olympics are coming here is that because the stigma was still, oh, don't go to Japan. They're all full of radiation and going to have cancer and die in a few years. And like, wow. it just, it's not true. Not if it was true. And it scared the, scared the hell out of me, too, because I'm hearing all these reports on English news. And, you know, I knew Alex Jones is full of it, but, like, a lot of people, like, bit into at least part of it. And right. so I'm like, do we need to pack up and move right now? You right. know, I really <laughs> do all this. And, you know, there were water shortages and stuff. There was a bit of a panic, you know. So when they, so when they evacuated that area surrounding Fukushima, what has that land been used for? Anything? Has it been right, used? So immediately. That? immediately around the power plant that is fucked like because you just don't know like there could have been a little bit of material because they did have cracked rods and you know it's all going to light up on a detector it's not that specific so they just wrote the whole thing's got a big circle around it and it's a no-go zone and they're cleaning the topsoil and stuff just in case so to but there's nothing so there's somewhat uh, of a Chernobyl effect around it. There is, there is like a no-go zone, like, but it isn't like Chernobyl. But was there any just, deaths reported from the cats who were working in that facility, a, that Daiichi facility? Yeah. Was that Dai, Daiichi? Was there any I deaths mean, reported from any of those guys who had to like recap whatever was going on in there, like whatever leakage was going on, even if it was limited? Was there uh, any? No, they're they're sending robots in there anyway. Oh. You know that? So, so there's been yeah. no deaths attributed Have to you seen radiation. The iron, no, no radiation deaths. Have you seen the? Uh, they even drank water from there. Have you seen the? Um, <laughs> wow. Uh, a mayor just like look got a cup of water and drank it in front of everyone, but it's just whatever. But they have these Iron Man suits. They're pretty cool. It's um. I want one. Like a person gets in this Gundam like suit, and the robot moves how you move, but they have these things. And it's like these forklifts for hands, like in Aliens, you know, the movie Aliens, but more like shrunk down. It's not giant like that. It's like an Iron Man thing. And you can lift really, I forget how much, but like way more than a person because of the suit at its design. It was designed Whoa. for Fukushima cleanup. You got to look this up on YouTube. It's awesome. There's these white suits. And they get in, and they've got, like, legs, arms, and everything. You can go, mm, just pick up a giant rock or whatever. It's really awesome. But um, AI, baby. They're going to start remembering those it, movements with AI it, technology. Is, they're going to just. Well, you know they've been wanting to build a Gundam for a long time. And then they're like, all right, this is to clean up. This is to clean up Fukushima. But in the back of their mind, every otaku nerd was like, yeah, yeah. man, we'll be Oh yeah, it's just like we're gonna do it. Can we add rockets to the shoes? They're like, no, but uh, they can definitely lift heavy objects, and that's pretty awesome too. And throw them. Wow, technology! Yeah. This brave new world we are in. Patrick, we have kept this man long enough, and I know you probably have some things that you would need to get to. Anything you want to close with our good friend Ryan Dawson? No, man, I, get I, I, I think we've covered a lot, and I'm, I'm very thankful for his time. And um, Ryan, when we Close out the show. Don't jump off because I wanted to ask you something. All right, cool. Hey, I appreciate. I don't, don't worry about keeping me over time. I I love talking about politics. No, this is literally politics. not only are you one of the long, or the, one of the, uh, the highest rated viewers. There, are, you know, uh, episodes we yeah, have. This this is the longest the rated shows. Highest rated shows. We are we. Are, this is the longest one. We're, we're we're pushing Joe Rogan type stuff right here. We are two well, minutes. Wait till, uh, two hours wait and thirty minutes here. 
We'll do a show on JFK. And <laughs> oh no! Get the highest numbers and the longest time. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, I, I, we could go there too. We could absolutely go there. I just know it's eleven, and I didn't want to keep everybody up. But uh, yeah, any any closing? Anything? Anything you guys else want to talk about? I'm with it. Right? How do people? How do people track you on social media and and websites? Oh, thanks. So on Twitter, as long as I'm there, <laughs> it's, yeah, uh, right? <laughs> yeah. It's, these are all temporary. It's Rye Liberty. I'm currently banned on Facebook. Uh, don't even bother with that. Um, you know, I'm, I am so very right, sorry. Pat, right, give, us, give us a couple minutes because I do. I'm sorry, Ryan. Talks about well, this. People being deplatformized. You, you being taken off Facebook. You being, you know, losing all that money on Vimeo. Talk to us about these, these people basically sanctioning truth, if you will. Vaccines. This was uh, something that CBS recently was pushing under the pretext of censoring Nazis. But, of course, anyone can get called a Nazi, you know. But um, I don't I get banned on Facebook. Basically, I get cyclical 30 day bans for whatever. <laughs> like I got banned for defending Mark Twain one time. I got banned for right booting smiley face with tears. I don't even know what it well, was. They just have it out to. for you. You doing that. Wait, That's wait, what, what is your address on Twitter? R-Y Liberty, like Rye, my name's Rye, and Liberty. That's okay. on Twitter. It, it's pretty fun. I, I troll pretty hard. And then uh, if you write <laughs> Ryan Dawson on YouTube, it'll pop up. But just know that yeah. all the most recent videos are there. Yep, I'm already following you, but yeah. I just wanted everybody to make sure that they got it because I didn't want everybody looking for Ryan Liberty. Are, are, yeah. Are we seeing more of that to come? Are we going to be seeing more censorship, more deplatforming, more oh, yeah. like, no, we're not we're not stifling your free speech. You just didn't adhere to our guidelines. You know what I mean? These nuances, which, you know, technically, I guess they could stand behind it. But ultimately, like Pat talks about, these things are utilities now. They're not just you, you can't just what are your thoughts on that? Is this a slippery slope? And it's it's how we they, uh, they gave me three strikes in one day on YouTube. But what really pisses me off is Vimeo because I was selling my films there. Can't do that anymore. I was also using that like in combo with Patreon to give them perks. I can't do that anymore. They walked away with five grand that I'd already made in sales. Uh, and then later I found out because they were telling me one story and then the side story I got through uh, a fan in New York who was trying to sue him to get his money back for the films he had purchased, uh, wrote a letter to the attorney general and then got, and then Vimeo wrote them a letter like countering that. And he got to see that copy. And in that they just call me like anti-Semitic and say the SPLC called me a Holocaust denier and all this crazy stuff. Southern Poverty I'm Law like, Center. Oh, when you, when you say SPLC, yeah, cause you said that earlier, joke. Southern yeah, Poverty Southern Law Center. Poverty Center. They, they're just a witch hunting organization that just... They've gone after Scott Horton, Ron Paul, Glenn Greenwald, like just pick up anyone that's anti-war and they're like, you're an anti-Semite. Right, exactly. And I'm not, you know, obviously, but like that's that's what they just say. And so um, YouTube, came, this is funny. YouTube, two of the strikes, I got one of them removed through review. So that's the only reason my channel still exists. They almost wiped out 13 years worth of video. But uh, the two strikes that I have right now that don't disappear until May, one is for arguing with white nationalists. The other one is for defending whites because Don Lemon got on CNN and said white people were the greatest threat to America. Let's let's not demonize people. And the next breath, it's white guys. You know, like, so whether I'm defending uh, whites from racism towards them or defending minorities for racism towards them, either way, you get a strike. 
So the robots or whatever, they don't get any nuance. Like, I was being anti-racist in both positions. Uh, I don't agree with censoring anybody for anything. I think the whole idea of free speech is protecting the unpopular stuff. And I think sunshine is the best policy. I'd rather have debate. For sure. They won't, they won't allow it. So I'm like, I've changed a lot of people's minds, like racist people. I'm mean, like, well, I just talk to them, and then they. And, oh, and okay. the, dude, that's a huge point you just made, man. Just rather have debate. We say that all the time, man. Let's just exchange ideas. We don't necessarily have to agree all the time, but don't like elite criminalize or whatever. You know, our disagreement or make it so we, you know, marriage is breaking up, relationships is breaking up, et cetera. It's like it's pretty absurd. It's a slippery man. slope too, because under the pretext of fighting the Nazis or whatever, they're just going to censor whatever they feel like. We all know this. I mean, they'll just sure. say, "Oh, yeah." Well, I, I see people who on, on Facebook. Who, Trump. Yeah. Barry White said, "Red hat is the new white hood," except she didn't have the balls to say it. She just did that. Some people say, "Who said that?" What, Barry White, the New York Times. She was on with Joe Rogan and said, "Some people think the red hat's the new white hood." I'm like, "No, Barry, you think the red hat's the white yeah. hood." Just say it. Don't say something. Say. What my favorite is MSNBC. They always say, "Many people say." Many people are saying. And that's like back when Fox <laughs> News was like all pro war uh, during the Iraq war. They'd always say some people say blah, 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 undisclosed blah. White House sources, undisclosed Pentagon sources say like, really? like just say John. Come on. <laughs> yeah, like, right. Just say right. it's him. I always wonder if John McCain was uh, reincarnated as John Bolton's mustache as a parasite. <laughs> How uh, dare you disparage a war veteran? Yeah, I'm sorry. I should apologize to Al Qaeda for. Uh, for knocking their man. <laughs> right. <laughs> Max Kaiser said, I'll never forgive Vietnam for allowing John McCain to return five times. <laughs> <laughs> but he was a war hero. He did a lot for the Viet Cong. <laughs> Jesus. on the ship was, you know. Hey, he was a great songbird. Yeah, yeah he said fire his own boat. It's amazing, um, amazing thing that uh, historical you know. help cover up the liberty. They gave him a one yeah. week to do the investigation. That whole family is like died, like Daniel McAdams had this funny tweet because uh, Megan McCain, the whale. I'm all for sending her free Happy Meals because she's about two cheeseburgers away from a heart attack. But <laughs> she got up there and said, uh, "I hope Julian Assange rots in hell." Right, I saw that. Your replied and said, "Why is?" Is your father lonely? <laughs> and it was like, ooh, shots fired. Like, ooh. and then there's so many. That thread is just delicious because there's so many people. Just somebody. How dare she? Post How dare she be so self righteous and say such a thing? How dare she? Come on, man. I know her father was like the pale. I mean, the everywhere. level. Yeah, the level of non self awareness. It's like, it's, oh, come on. I know. And that someone should rot in hell anyway is mean. Except John McCain, he deserves it. But, <laughs> but she was like. Saying this and that whole thread, you had Randy Savage in there, and somebody up that one and said, not only was it Savage, it was Vicious, and he had Sid Vicious and Randy Savage. <laughs> There's like at some point. We we and just came just, full circle, ladies and gentlemen. That was a full on professional that, wrestling that, reference from where we started from minute one, three hours <laughs> ago almost. <laughs> Justice and Randy Savage. I love Randy Savage. Though. I mean, it's like. We do a whole podcast. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah! How fantastic yeah. is that? Well, I can't keep you any much longer, my man. Thank you so very much for your time. Obviously, you are more than welcome. He is the host yeah. of the AMC Report. You can find him on the links that I will provide here. Ryan Dawson. 
Patrick, any closing statements, my man? I'm just, I just want to make sure that I get a chance to talk to Ryan before we uh, hang out. Oh, for out. sure. You can, Absolutely. You can, you can edit and clip the end of this off. Well, right? no, I'm just signing off from our regular, you know, tuning in audience. This has been I'm freaking. off with the same phrase. Bolton must go. There we go. Yes, he, yes, he must. And like I said, I will provide all the um, descript or you know all the stuff to get a hold of Ryan after the show. Not that you don't know who Ryan is, but we'll provide the stuff so you can get a hold of him. Thank you guys so much for tuning in for another episode of the Conspiracy Farm. On behalf of the Eater of Worlds, the Bringer of Thunder, Pat Militant, this is Jeffrey Wilson signing off. Peace. So much love. There will always be more. Holla.